Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Merang and Dusty, the fan man Hera. All throws and monkey sounds in there called good. The old Danny Merang pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon. Welcome in to Danny and Dusty on this Wednesday afternoon. Back in the cage. Not at the fan, Winter Fan Golf Classic out at X-Golf, Vancouver, and Tualatin, which was awesome. awesome. It was great to see the, the, the listeners, see you guys hack the ball around. It's a far different experience than... You know, the, the fan golf classic in the summer. Yes. Where we have to roam around and we only see like one hole and we see you. Really, last year you and I were posted up at, at six at Langdon at, yeah. at six where we see you at your worst yes. because that is that is the clown hole. That is it's, the clown you, hole, yes. You got the little mound on the short par three. It gets in your head. Some people had been drinking most of the day. Some people just not good at golf. Even the really good golfers, like it's a, it, it's that can you have to put it in the right spot. It's an imposing hole because if you that's right. if you miss, it will be horrible. That's right. That's right. But I'm still proud of all of you. Yeah, I'm still proud of all of you. No, but we, then we get to see like more because in that area at X Golf, you can just kind of look around from simulator to simulator yeah. and see how it goes. And we had the group in front of us that was just a group of sticks. Yeah, yeah they were fifty nine. 59. That's like good. Like, even in a scramble, that's a good score. That's a really damn good <laughs> score. Yeah, you're getting good shots literally every every time you're going around. Yeah, so it's uh, it's great to it's great to see all you guys. I hope everybody had a blast. That, that was out at X-Golf Vancouver and Tualatin um, because we had a good time as well. Uh, with that, being in the studio does mean we're back on YouTube. YouTube.com slash 1080 AM The Fan. And when we when we go out places going forward, uh, we we will very likely be on the YouTubes. We're trying to rectify that yeah. situation right there. So you can follow us on YouTube.com slash 1080 AM The Fan. And you can watch. We, did we have a stream up yesterday there, Mr. Rust? No. Okay. So we had nothing. Yeah, had yeah nothing. for those wondering. I would have our, loved our, it our if it was just bolted you. down so the thieves can't take them. I was just hoping that it would just be a one, just a, so, just a solo on Jeff Rust, just the Rust's time. face the whole time. You get to just see his how t-shirt. the sausage is made back yeah. there. Him just rolling his eyes, yelling at us, "Go to break, go to break, go to break," which nobody can hear yeah. except for us. But is is a, a common occurrence. And if you ever just see me just like randomly chuckling, it's because somebody in my ear saying something, and I'm just ignoring him. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So uh, if I wanted to get ignored, I'd go home to my wife. <laughs> as as great. <laughs> oh, act like you get ignored there. Mm. I mean, we know that, but we get we get badgered. You get ignored mm. when you want to when you want some attention. Yeah, you get badgered when you don't. That them's Leave the rules alone. of marriage. That's what we signed up for, brother. We're all in it together. <clears throat> We're my, all in it together. My puppies and my wife both know when I want to just sit in my office. Yeah, by myself. It's just wait. Hey, 
Wait till you throw some kids in that mix yeah. there. And then they, all of a sudden you're just like, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Never stops. Never stops. Uh, it is as good as it was to be at X-Golf, though. It is great to be back here in the friendly confines Indeed. of the 1080 The Fan Studios. Uh, special thanks before we get this show on the road to X-Golf, both Vancouver and Tualatin. An awesome time and an awesome event. They The tournaments run as smooth as they possibly can. I didn't hear of any hiccups that we had. Um from the tournament standpoint. Also, Victorico's, the Urban Restaurant Group, yeah. Pearl Catering, for providing food uh, for all of our golfers. We were well-fed. We were fat and happy. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it's a great event. We won two things we take care of, booze, food, yep. and we did both those things. Covered. For the folks. So uh, thank you all for that. That came out in a, in a great time. Had by all at the inaugural Fan Winter Golf Classic. Which means get ready for this summer now. That's right. That's right. Number ten, where we might have tenth uh, annual, might have some cart patrols. Yeah, boy, P. Harrison, Will Ortner, they mm-hmm. were really pushing for it. Let us be cart girls, mm-hmm. cart boys, cart boys, cart boys in, in skirts and tube tops. That's and I don't know if there's a demand for that. I don't. I actually. The internet is one hell of a place. Yeah, there yeah. probably is a there. Yeah, there's, there's a spot. demand. There's, there's always, demand. There's always that there for somebody. Yeah, they're just looking for an additional income stream. You know, they're just like, hey, maybe maybe OnlyFans is in their future. Just saying, you know, Feet Finder exists. You never <laughs> that I that it's a thing. Mm. Is, I will never not stop being surprised by yeah. Rex Ryan. Peter. Who's now leaning into it and making jokes about it, which is hilarious. Yeah, like I mean, I, that's what you have to do. That's right? what I love about Rex yeah. Ryan. The the Ryan brothers are like, let me make this as uncomfortable as possible. I mean, we can be honest here and say that their father groomed the O'Doyles. Oh yes, they they are without a doubt the O'Doyles. <laughs> Doyle rules for any of the young kids out there. Yeah, but they got past the bully phase and mm-hmm. just like just started broing out, yeah. you know. And I love everything about Rob and Rex Ryan. Yes, so thank thank you, buddy. Glorious hair, glorious hair in that family. Rob has great I hair. Mean, just Does a, he cut it off? I I haven't seen him lately. What is Rob Ryan doing? Probably where chilling. Is, where is Rob Ryan? I want to say was he consulting at. Was he at consulting at Colorado last year? Um, oh, look at well, hell yeah, he was a he's a currently a senior defensive assistant for the Las Vegas Raiders. Hey, that that is perfect. Yeah, that is perfect. He, he's a silver and black guy for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done he's done a great job. And then uh, before that, Baltimore Ravens, and then the Washington Redskins. They're living the good life. Yeah. That's a good life they got. Yeah. Yeah. He was a community college coach. One of his early jobs. That's awesome. And that seems very have. fitting. Yeah. Like, they go the renegade route is exactly the, the path they want to carve. I, I like I like where that's headed, which is a nice little segue to uh, today we'll have legendary tight end coach Ian Carmelo. <laughs> that, yes, we will. He, he, uh, he really does. He has that look about him. Yeah, I mean, he 100% looks like a tight end coach. He tweeted that last night, and I was like, yeah, that's the most accurate thing I think I've ever seen somebody describe a, a, a picture. Big ups to Blazers Broadcasting for going to the Ian Carmel interview when they did. 
because it was I right. I saw him down there, and I was like, that is a long hit. It, well, it was the perfect time for it, because right it was like DNA. right after they <laughs> ig- acknowledged DeAndre Ayton wasn't going to be coming back, and they're like... All right, filler. Let's go, baby. We got a com- we got the Blazers' number one comedian uh, fan. Yeah, because uh, that that interview was going on during live action. Yeah, and he did a great job. It made it entertaining. And that's did, when did, we had Brooke in uh, on on Monday. That is exactly kind of what their broadcast is doing really well. Is that when things go sideways, they they do a really yeah. good job of keeping it palatable and keep making sure that. Albeit forty nine percent fewer people, but the people that are still watching are engaged and entertained during yeah. the game. And that, the, the kudos to them. That is, it's easier said than done. It's not an easy that. feat. Yeah. No, and then when not. they do have good games and the team is competitive, they ride it. They're really damn good. They ride that wave too. So, um, yeah, that was a that was a hell of a thing. But Ian Carmel will be in studio today. He's got a he's got a book. He's got a book, out. and he's filming his uh, his special yeah. here in Portland. Yeah, which. That's I have so many questions about a special. I really do. I have what goes into it. Yeah, yeah. Like how much? How much do you think about some of the things? Like I, I was thinking about that this morning. Of do you just turn into a ball of stress and anxiety? I mean, leading are, up are to you that, directing it. Are you producing it? Are you getting somebody else to do it? What material goes into like, it? Like your jokes have got to be funny. Yeah, but like. The I order was, that you do them in, the crowd, how they react, which is why you I actually have, but th- those are the things that comedians, that's in their wheelhouse. Yeah. I've got some non-wheelhouse questions oh. for Ian that I want to, I want to ask him nice. about. Because it, there's, like, for for example, and I'll we'll just get this one out of the way, and then we'll go from there. Room temperature. If it's too hot, you're just up there sweating. Oh, yeah. If it's too cold... Your your big Netflix special is going to be you. You're 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 cutting glass with with hard nips. Which you don't. I, nobody wants that. I do. I mean, we've all watched Friends. Yeah. Rachel. I mean, goodness gracious. But at the same time, like, are these things that he's thinking about going in? And I may destroy Ian unintentionally by asking these questions. Mm. But those like just, just, just do, turn him into a giant ball of anxiety. Yeah. Are those the things you? Think I about? never thought. About that. Because I'm I'm going down this road just going, yeah, that this is a big deal. Like anytime you have your own Netflix spe- or special or not even Netflix, YouTube specials now are awesome. The Amazon Prime ones, they've they've they're getting some heavy hitters. They got uh, Nate Bargatze, Jim Gaffigan. Like they're going, all right, we'll get in that comedy game sure. too. Yeah. And you know what is gone? I've gone back and it is a trip down memory lane. But on Max, mm-hmm. like you can get Killing Him Softly, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. You can get the George Carlin and Richard Price. Seven the, things you can't say on TV. The Chris Rock, you know, uh, you can get Raw and Delirious, mm-hmm. I think, on Max. HBO, that used to be like where all of the co- kings of comedy went, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not just talking the original kings of comedy no. Steve Harvey, Bernie Mac, Cedric the Entertainer. I'm talking. Yeah, D.L. Hughley. I always forget about D.L. I like D.L. Hughley. Um, but then, like, Chris Rock. That's where his his special was. And I remember watching, like, it was like you had to have, you had to have HBO, and you were glued to it for any of the great comedy specials. They were boxing and comedy. Yeah, that's where they made their bones. Yeah. Now, uh, they don't exist anymore. No, wait, what? I mean, HBO doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's just Max yeah, now. They, they gave up their name for, like, the crossover Cinemax name. Yeah. 
You give them their name for a, 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 a bad dog name? Yeah. Max? Yeah. I had a dog named Max. I love Max. I love Max. How many Maxes do you think are out there? Come here, little Max. He's a good boy. A lot of, let me just say, it's a lot of dogs named Max. I mean, he was no Boomer or Homer or Jack, which were or other dogs. There you go. And then we He's hit, a good boy. That's yeah. right. That's right. But and that's the sad part about dog ownership. Did you see the Daily Show? John Stewart. He did his farewell to his dog. No. Oh, oh yeah. I'm here yesterday yeah, morning. You're going to cry. Gonna You're going to cry. Yeah. You're gonna I, cry. I, I'm dog guy already. It's very it's reminiscent rip me apart. to SVP when he did his. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, and but that's the thing about dogs. You love them so much, and then they die. Like, you just go down the list of how many dogs you've had in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, as an adult, I've had one, uh, two dogs, and one was in college. Bo Cephas, mm-hmm. who's a good dog. Great, great name. Yeah. That, that's a great name. Um, and then, but you go you go down the list of dogs, you just have so many of them because they die. I they was, die. I was lucky in that I had Man. two dogs for one for 16, one for 17 years. Yeah. We had. Basically, since I, from the time that I got home out of the military till here's, a couple years ago. Here's a little thing. When uh, my parents bought the building that became Helvetia Tavern. Mm-hmm. Homer the dog came with it. <laughs> oh, dog, dog, dog came with it. He was a great built-in dog. dog. Yeah, built-in dog. He nice. was bar dog, and he was he was he was a great dog. Uh, so we had Homer, Jack, Janie, Casey, Boomer, Max, Bo, Harry Fitzgerald. Eight dogs in my life, and I haven't had Bro. a dog in a long time. I we had, had like four at a time, though. Uh, <laughs> at okay. one time, we had four dogs. I was like, yeah, what kind of lifespans do these dogs live? Yeah, man. And I was like, okay, but if you have multiple at a time, that makes. Obviously, a lot easier. Yeah, but you go through that list, and you're like, you become so damn attached to them, and then they just, they go on you. Yeah, I, I've all of mine have just lived for like 15 years. That's good. That's yeah. a great run. It's, it's a good thing, because I've had to put them all down, and it ruins me for six months at a time. So, mm. uh, yeah, I, I don't, I can't do the, the short lifespans. That's, that, that, no, that, that no, 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 man. Hard <clears throat> pass. Yeah. So don't watch the John Stewart thing during the show. Wait till like three o'clock. Yeah, that'll ruin me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and for for the listeners, you guys could like in a break. You, you can watch it, yeah, and then come back because Ian Carmel will be in studio at twelve thirty, and he'll make you laugh. There you go. Like we'll get we'll you bring, right. Bring you right back. We'll bring you right back. I like it. We'll we'll bring you right back. But where we got to start this radio program? I thought you had it last night, I, but I did too. I thought you had it. I thought it was going to be Danny's ultimate victory lap. Uh, then DeAndre Ayton got hurt. Yeah, well. All right, Blazers lose to Miami. That's where we'll start. Uh, they sure flipped the script from what they had on Sunday night. Danny Dusty on the fan. Dusty on the fan. You gotta take a stand, it don't help to hide. It is wrestling Wednesday, too. So get ready, brother. Eat your vitamins, say your prayers. Tulkamania, baby. Alright, Blazers, they put up a hell of a fight last night for a half. It wasn't even a fight. They were Winning, they were controlling the game. Yeah, up by ten at the break, and boy, how quickly it erased when DeAndre Ayton went down with a hand injury. He was 
a man possessed. And look, this has kind of been the trend that we've been talking about with DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he is on the floor, especially when Ant and Jeremy Grant are are there alongside him and they are hitting shots like they were in that first half, and oh boy, how that floor opens up when they are not going, what, uh, 3 of 32 from three-point territory. Even though they did uh, cool down in that second half. They were, what, 9 of, were they 9 of 23 at half and then 1 for one. One for nine in the second half. No, they, were, they missed more than that in the second half. They did, yeah, uh, because I thought they were hovering right around. Yeah, they were hovering right around fifty percent at halftime. Yeah, so no, I think they, they were nine they, of eighteen. They, they were shooting really well in the first half, second and then half, they, they just shot. went ice cold. One of twelve. Yeah, one of twelve yeah. in the second half. So they were nine of twenty-one. And, in and the, the big first part half. of that was once Aiden was out, they just the nine of nineteen through two guys at Jeremy and two guys at Ant and said, "Hey, anybody else?" And so you had Ant and Jeremy putting up shots over two guys because other guys couldn't get anything done, and that's that's the way that stuff goes. That's that's what smart teams are doing. I mean, Anthony was the only guy who's getting blitzed more in the league right now than Anthony is Luka Doncic, and that's partly because that Ant can't handle the physicality of two guys, you know, pushing up on him that far out. He's still working through that, and the other part is they want the ball out of his hands. They want they don't want him being the guy that breaks them. And Tumani had a great game last night, probably his best end-to-end game of the season. But, I mean, everybody else, you you look at the box scores, man, and they didn't get any help from anyone. It was Ant, Jeremy, D.A., Tumani. That was yeah. – after that, you're just kind of like – I mean, they tried to give Duop a chance. The, he starts the second half. That was, the idea yeah. was like, hey, let's try to stretch the floor here. And Wap just couldn't hit threes, and defensively he's just not there, so they and, go with Jabari instead. And I would now we're a couple games into Duop Reith. Uh, he's what Ofer's last six from beyond the arc, and uh, he's my green light. I, I every time he gets the ball, I say shoot, just shoot. Duop Reith has that green yeah. light in my mind at all times. I'm not going to change that. No, that's what he's supposed to do. <laughs> but no, it's not falling right no, now. No, Chris Murray's been out there, and he's he's got some confident stuff with his three right now. Defensively, he was really good. Decision making, he was really good. Uh, he's got he he's got a hitch in his shot right now. A little hitch in his giddy up, and we would he go over six from the field last night. Look, I, look, let's get down to what the people want to hear, though. Mm. What in the world happened with you mm. and the Miami fans on Twitter? And uh, the media that you have been, you've been at war with not, for almost a year now. It's much. been nine months. Yeah, honestly, it was pretty, they couldn't say anything in the first half. Because you blocked them all? No. Oh. <laughs> they, they, they just couldn't say anything in the first half. They had nothing to go. What, what are they going to say? Yeah. The, the, the Heat trade package had six points. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Hero was not on the Tyler floor. Hero was a DNP. Hawkes <laughs> was cheeks. Jovich was non-existent. They finished with 15 points. Like, yeah. That was the thing. It was like, Tumani Kamara outplayed the the Heat trade package. So he he did, and they 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 that's that is like the ultimate. Just like let's go. And then you saw DeAndre Ayton also in that first half. It was like yeah, things are things are working out in that regard. Everything was was long term wins and losses. It's not. No, it's not. But But last night there are other greater issues for this team. And last night. There, a few started to chirp after the game, and I was like, I, I, I thought about the uh, the last dance, you know, the Michael Jordan with the baseball bat and the cigar. It's like I was chirping, I was chirping all night, <laughs> good, bad, or otherwise. Because it was it, anybody can chirp while you're ahead. You get zero zero. You know, that's when you got to do it. It was one. Of, I was really pulling for you at halftime. Mm. I was like, 
Oh God, this is going to be, he's going to be up all night. Mm -hmm. Like I, he'll just pull an all nighter, just making sure that when everybody wakes up on the East coast, it's all there for him. They're all going to be there. And and you're going to remind them, you're going to remind them throughout the course of the night. Mm -hmm. Hey, I just want to circle back to everything I said (laughs) while you were in bed. Good morning, Miami. Yeah. They wouldn't be there for the fourth quarter. But yeah, the, the, the bigger issue or the bigger problem now at hand is how serious is DeAndre Ayton's injury because, uh, look, the quote-unquote lost season stuff, I don't know how much I lean into that, but you can make a case for it with Shaden's injury, with Ant missing 20 games. With, with Brogdon still out. Brogdon being out, with Time Lord getting hurt. Like, it's just everything that you wanted to see, you, re- you haven't – Scoot being out, like it, you just haven't gotten any consistency. This is more of a natural tank than even last year was when. Oh yeah, Dame, no, this, this is down. just this is just happening. That's what it is. <laughs> um, but if Da's injury is relatively serious, I'm not talking like surgery, but like he's out for three or four weeks. At that point, why why not shut down Jeremy? Why not shut down Malk? Why not shut down Ant? And then let, let all the kids just go. Yeah. I what Well, I mean, the reason why what, you don't do it is because you can't do that anymore because of league rules, but there's legitimate reasoning injury wise. Yeah, why I mean these Jeremy's guys been would. dealing with a back. Obviously Malcolm's dealing with his elbow. I mean it, it's not hard to find those. I'm not I'm not saying do that right now, but if it comes back that DA's banged up is gonna be out for any consistent amount of time. Well, I think it, then you go to all right. This this now turns into don't come back until you're 100. No, percent However exactly. long however long that is, if it's three to four weeks, then maybe it's five weeks because you just sit there and you say, yeah, make sure you're 100. percent We don't want to push anything back, and I think that's what you're going to see is a lot more caution. With Which is what they're doing forward. with Scoot. So uh, Chauncey Bubbs mentioned before the game that Scoot was out, hasn't done on court stuff yet. They are being violently careful with him because of there's now been five surgeries on the adductor groin slash uh, injury. There's an outside chance that he does play on this upcoming road trip, probably the last game in Minnesota. They're at two in Memphis and then one in Minnesota. Um, but I would imagine if he doesn't play in Minnesota, he plays when he comes back. Like it's not like they're being careful, but they're not, they're not like, uh, he's, you know, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a problem. It's their, they're just slow playing the living. That Jesus under out. 28 and a half is, is looking a lot better now. I told you. <laughs> Remember, we picked our second half lines. What was it was a seven and a half, seven and a half wins yeah. in the second half, and I told you under. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Let's talk some more Blazers. Indeed. It ultimately will happen. Uh, but he's also got a special that he is filming. In Indeed. his hometown, right here in Portland. Mm. And he's also got a book coming out mm-hmm. as well. It, Ian Carmel, the pride of unincorporated Washington County, joins us oh, in wow. studio. Just couldn't say Beardton again, Next. could you? No, it's no. You. Because we all know what it is unincorporated Washington wow. County in that area. You know, wow. you don't have city police coming. You it can't. is the county, it's, mm. it's the Washington County Sheriff's Territory over you there. You just don't want to get ganged up by Beaverton once more. It's a weird little triangle there. Not Hillsboro, not Beaverton, not mm. Portland. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll yep. see what he has to say about it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's the city taint right mm. there where wow. you have a Portland address, but you're definitely not in Portland. I guess it's fitting that I live there. <laughs> Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Ian Carmel in studio next. First, Jeff Russ with SportsCenter. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080. 
The Fan. On Wrestling Wednesday, uh, we are bringing in Ian Carmel, comedian, hometown hero, Blazer fan. And yeah. you come into ravishing Rick Rude, too, so I think that's good. It's perfect It's perfect for me. When you got a body like mine, there's no Indeed. other intro music. Now, have you guys gone through, have you drafted your top wrestlers on all fantasy everything? We have not. That is one of those. There's a oh. few topics we have that are like in this golden cage where we're just waiting for the right guest mm. to come in and do it. Yeah, that is one that will be must listen. Yeah, you ha- that will be a is that huge like, hit. You get Dame on for that one. Do the wrestling. I would. Lo- I would love to get Dame on there. Yeah. I would love to get a former wrestler on there. Mm. I would like. It's just. I grew up a wrestling fan. Yeah. I was a big Razor Ramon guy. Ooh, that's a good one. Back in the really? day, say yeah. hello to the bad guy. You yeah. are a heel. You like the heel. I huh? love that dude. I still remember him pulling up the uh, the padding. Next to the ring and doing the razor's edge. Oh yeah, like on the concrete to people. I love that dude. I remember Lex Luger. Lex Luger. Lex Luger. Lex Luger. Yeah, yeah. not Luther. Ba- not, not Luther. Yeah, C- completely different, non-trademark infringing name. Lex Luger. <laughs> uh, pulling the body slam on Yokozuna, man. I mm. loved it. And then I kind of weirdly I fell out right before the NWO stuff. When it just absolutely exploded, exploded, yeah. Like pre, I, the, I was the out, attitude era. The attitude era. Yeah. I was out before Stone Cold, but my older brother loved Stone Cold. I start. I got into Star Wars around that era, so I uh, went into a much sadder nerd zone. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody around our age, though, I think that there is there's some tangential thing. There, everybody had an addiction to wrestling at how, some. How point. could you not? Yeah. And I, I see it now, like with my son, who's seven. Yeah. It's, he it's, is it's coming back. It's come. Yeah. He is. He is now starting to get into it. Just because inherently boys are dumb, and we just want to throw our bodies into things. Mm-hmm. And you see grown men doing it. And you're like, whoa. I mean, South I Park that. nailed it. Where it is like it is a soap opera with a football game yeah. happening in the middle yes. of it. You know, it's perfect, dude. It weirdly, it's also it's there's something beautifully American about wrestling. I'm about to go on some weird tangent now, but like even. In a, in in the way it's offensive, it's also kind of progressive in a way where I'm like, <laughs> mm. before there were before they were drag queens, you know what I mean, all over yeah. Bravo, like mm-hmm. in movies and stuff like that. I remember seeing Goldust for the first time. Yeah. Dudes wearing makeup. Dudes wearing makeup. And yeah. like Goldust specifically and just having that normalized for me and just being like, that's the kind of person that there is <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it makes sense. Like you think about now, it's like it's the ugly side of this is Vince McMahon having to step aside because Absolutely. of stuff. But, yeah. um, you know, he was pushing uh, Tori Wilson, who's one of their more stunning wrestlers of all time. Yeah. But remember, that was the big shock is when she kissed another woman on TV. Right. Like, which is, it's, which like, I'm sure. Which like, she was not thrilled about doing and no. she was kind of forced into <laughs> because of her contract. Like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, weirdly progressive, but doing things maybe the wrong way. In an evil way. Progressive in <laughs> Progressively evil, evil. But when you look at Vince McMahon, somebody who dyes their mustache like that, yeah. that's yeah. an evil man. I was yeah. going to say. That's an like, evil man thing to do. Quite literally twisting his mustache as he's coming yeah. up with these plot lines. Also, H- so much HGH. So, all oh my God. So much HGH. More HGH than man at this point. Yeah. 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 His body looks probably looks like cheap pork. You and, know what I mean? If you were to slice into him, which is might be one of the greatest and saddest reasons why, as kids, we only had wrestling like once or twice when we were growing up yeah. here because they mandated steroid testing in the WWF. They, wow. yeah, WWF yeah, was here. like, we're not going. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just we're just not going to come anymore. Exclusively then. high flyers. Yeah. You know, it's like Rey Mysterio <laughs> fights Rey Mysterio's training partner live at the Memorial Coliseum. <laughs> they just said, if we can't have that, we're not even going to well, come. It, 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 
it actually was that too because as soon as the band came down for it, woof, oh, Monday yeah. ra- Monday Night Raw, Memorial Coliseum, <laughs> you're like wet muscles. Yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's well, also when I started doing stand up. By the way, oh nice was when the steroid the band steroid was band came out. I was like, finally, and then you're oh, like, yeah. I'm, in. I'm in. I can finally start performing now. Yeah. You do have a special coming up, which is a really cool yeah. thing for any comedian to have, but to do it in your hometown. I think that probably means a, a little bit more for you with what's coming up. What March twenty third at Revolution Hall? March twenty third, Revolution Hall. Uh, first show sold out, but we added a second show, and uh, there's still tickets to the second show if you're trying to go. But yeah, it me we when we I was talking to the label, and we were looking at a bunch of cities. We were thinking about like Nashville or or Madison or like New York or L.A. Austin. Which are all like wonderful cities that I love. Performing. Everybody seems to be going to Nashville to do these. Are the shows just like set up really well there? I think there's like, I mean, they're like from Tennessee and from Nashville, so they're like uh, they they're drinking and they're fun and they're yeah. crazy. You know that, what I mean? Okay, so, like, so the crowd's always I, always on. I scene. think you listed yeah. the drunkest cities in America. Yeah, that's Madison, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah Madison definitely. In <laughs> Madison. I mean, I could just yeah. name every city in Wisconsin. Yeah. Every time you look at that list, it's like Milwaukee, Madison, <laughs> Eau Claire. Like it's every single city in Wisconsin, but. uh but there are also people who go out. They go see live shows. Mm, so it's yeah. like the kind of place where even if you don't have a big draw there, they're like, we'll go see the comedy show. Sure. Uh, but for me, like once I started like looking at the material I was doing, I was like, oh, this is all, you know, when I first started conceiving of the special, I was like trying, I was like, let me do a greatest hits because mm-hmm. I haven't put out an album or a special in like a decade. And then I started like putting it together and writing more. And I was like, oh, you know what? That's not what I care about right now. Let me just like, I'm writing about getting older and like, uh, and and what that feels like, starting to feel like more conservative as I get older, <laughs> where, where like the kid, like I don't know if I'm that's happening to me or if the kids are just going so far left so fast that I'm like, yes, I got yeah, both, both. Like, right. <laughs> I got yelled at at a dinner party for saying the word unhoused, like yelled at, dressed or saying the word homeless, like dressed uh. down in front of all these people. She was like, uh, it's unhoused, like just like j- like jumped on me. And your eyebrow twitched. And my eyebrow twitched. I was like, <laughs> I was like marching in protests. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like five, ten years ago, I was like a full-blown communist, and now I'm getting like yelled at at a dinner party. I'm like, you're eating feta and uh, like you know areschietti pasta too. All right, you're not Che Guevara. You're also here talking about shows that are only on HBO, yes. a more expensive version of cable. So don't get on me. Uh, but anyway, so like I started, I was like, this. Is also, it's I... not conflict-free food that you're eating right, right now. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of conflict. <laughs> had to happen for you to get this. That almond milk that you're drinking costs like 165 gallons of water. So yeah. like lay off. Let's chill. Uh, mine is one cow. Pump full of hormones like a WWE wrestler. Um, like a good true American. Like a good like Lex Luger. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, I care more about this stuff. I'm going to abandon the greatest hits. So I haven't done this hour in Portland. It's my favorite place on the planet to do stand-up comedy. I think like... We have this reputation nationally for, well, for first of all, being a burnt-out husk full of Antifa super soldiers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pulling hand crochet guns on people. It would be kind of cool if we did have, like, Winter Soldier. It would be amazing like, if there weren't, yeah, just marching around. Like, you know, you have to play a little game like, mm, do I take that route today? Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to run into you to the Brute Squad. <laughs> Instead, people think, like, it's dangerous to be here. It's mostly dangerous to merge in traffic. That's, like, the one thing that <laughs> yeah. happens in Portland. But, um... This is this is like my fa- people here aren't as uptight as people think. There's definitely a contingent of sure, like yeah. people who are like a little bit overly woke to the point that it's annoying. But for the most part, people are smart, down to earth, salt of the earth, like people with good senses of humor. This is the city that raised me, 
Beaverton is the city where I was unincorporated Washington County. Nah. There we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. Beaverton, Oregon. So we had Gulliver in here, and he was getting triple teamed by three Beaverton high <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, Beaverton oh, high guys. Oh, okay. I'm, I was just He's, sitting over here being like, I'm technically from Hillsboro, where, <laughs> you know, you guys just took a dump on us, like, <laughs> in everything. I Westview is in Portland, but I am from, I grew up with a Beaverton address, so okay. I come by it honestly. Oh, so you're on, you're on the south side. I'm on the south, I'm loyal to the there soil. There you go. Uh, you know, t- Somerset Meadows, if we want to get go. real specific. <laughs> oh, I know exactly where yeah, it's yeah, at. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm in there. My my kids play Somerset West soccer. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> That's I bet right. they get. Uh, I bet they win. Actually, pretty handily. <laughs> if the kids are anything like the ones I grew up with, uh, same uniforms as they had back then. Oh, it's just oh, a, fantastic. The, the exact same ones. Yeah, like full of lead and rayon and all those things. <laughs> um, but so, man, I just like I was like, if I can do this in Portland, I want to do it in Portland. I've, Revolution Hall is where I've performed the last like five times I've been up here. I love that venue. So it was a no-brainer to me. I like, And also, this is the only place where people will pay to come see me do stand-up comedy. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's a... That's that's, a uh, I feel like that matters. That's the other part of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> how much How much thinking outside of, like... I was thinking about this today. How much do you think about it outside of, like, the actual comedy? Like, you are a comedian. Yeah. So you are, like... You're trying to get your material right and yeah. be up there for an hour, record your best stuff for an hour... How much of the outside stuff do you have to think about? As a preface to this, he's trying to induce anxiety. Oh, okay. no, yeah, that's yeah. not that's not <laughs> true. I just was as I was talking this out, I was like, I don't want to turn him into a ball of anxiety well, over this. Well, what do you mean exactly? Like people showing up, or like what the stage looks like? Oh, Would no, you very like my list? Things. Yes, I do. I, yeah. I, here's my list. Okay, please. Do you think about like room temperature? Because if it's too hot, you'll start sweating. If it's too cold, you're nipping out. This is why it's good that I'm doing it at Revolution Hall. Yeah. I've performed there so many times that I know, and I've like I've been lucky enough to sell it out every time I've done it. I know what that room is like when it's completely full. Yeah. They always nail the temperature. My nipples are always on point. And if I am nipping out, good. I know I have like little covers I can put over. Okay. I, yeah, the makeup kit has I have makeup, I have pasties, I have I have artificial nipples if I want to uh, nip out and okay. I can't get it up. I've got everything. I'm nice. prepared for every contingent. Being in Portland, do you have yeah. to be conscious of your shoe game? When you are doing a special. That is something. The outfit is something that I'm still... Still working through? Still working through. Because outfit is a big one because, like, if you watch Raw or Delirious, Eddie Murphy is in a leather suit. And it breaks my heart that he did that already because I want to wear a leather (laughs) suit, but it's like somebody's gone and done it already. But you can also pinpoint the exact, like, month and year that those were filmed based on the type of leather suit he is wearing. (laughs) And so do you want it to be something where it's like, oh, he definitely made that in 2020. You could tell the exact moment he wore it by carbon dating the cocaine in the the leather (laughs) of his jumpsuit. Um... I the shoe game is something I keep in mind, but I'm turning forty in October. You know what I mean? So it's like I've got a garage full of sneakers that I feel like I can't wear anymore because that are a little too flashy for like a forty year old yes. white dude who yeah. looks like the dad from Bob's Burgers. Like <laughs> I have a limited range of what I can get away with. So you're I'm speaking trying... to a man wearing Crocs right now, right? Well, so... okay, but those are like Crocs are like fashionable now. Yeah, tell my wife that. All right, I will <laughs> get her on the horn. We'll call her up. We'll have a uh, a uh, Croc fashion uh, uh, what's the intervention. Um, so I I'm trying to find the right pair of New Balance. I'm trying to find the right pair of the right pair shoes. of five fifties. Yeah, five fifties that yeah. are flashy enough, but don't make me look like we're not a, going monotone. Like, we're going like earth tones. We're doing some earth tones, okay. some jewel tones, like a little yeah. pop of color. 
and then like pants that uh, flatter, and then like a shirt that uh, that like you know do- doesn't pull too much attention away from my beautiful face. See, those are the things that I just wonder about because comedians, you guys, uh, like comedy is is what you do. Yeah. But when you go through like a, a big special. It's so much more because There's, everybody's watching. Well, you even have to worry about like your outfit compared to what the uh, the background the, the, the background yeah. is, yeah. right? Like, so the curtain behind you, if you're wearing a color that looks bad with that, or even worse, blends in with it, then all of a sudden that's something you have to consider. So I'm on Floating like calls head. right now with the label, with the producers, like. And so okay. I was wondering, so you have somebody else producing, you're not yeah. producing it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, this company called 800 Pound Gorilla, who like, they do like Kyle Kinane specials, yeah. they do a lot of like great uh, stand-up comedy specials, so I'm working with them, but you're on calls like, okay, so they have three curtain options, so we need to know your outfit, and I don't know my outfit mm-hmm. yet, so I'm here in Portland, sales tax-free, trying to figure out what nah, that is, that's right. yeah, right now. Um, you're but, getting into the employee store. You're going to the Columbia employee store. You're, right. you're just going to all of them and just just getting the lay of the land. In there, right now. trying to say like, "Hey, if you sponsor my outfit, <laughs> upwards of sixty people will see me wearing this." You <laughs> nice. know what I mean? Please, like, get behind me. We can work on a sponsorship opportunity. <laughs> I love it. Well, that is March 23rd, where you have two shows now. That's right. Yeah, and uh, that is this this the special that is a decade. It's been a decade since you put out an album. A decade. I put out this one called 9.2 on Pitchfork that I did at uh, Mississippi Studios uh, for er- like a decade ago. So this is my first one since then. Yeah. I've been in the lab writing late night for too long. I'm ready to get out there and do my own That's thing. Crazy. Now. Now you're out- and then you also um, have a book coming out. I do. And I, I, wa- I want to talk to you about that. And Ian Carmel is going to stick in studio with us Indeed. for a yeah. little bit longer. Actually, we're going to hold him hostage, and he has no choice. Yeah, we-, we barred the door. No, the door. Yeah. I see that right now. There's armed guards outside. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. He he's going to stick around, hang out with us, uh, because he's he's our own. He's our own. He's one of us. Yeah. And we do need to talk some Blazers. With we do you need too. to talk some. Yes. I was at the game last night and at the Charlotte one, so I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ian Carmel in studio. This is Danny and Dusty on the fan. It's time for a pro football report. The inside story on America's favorite sport. Brought to you on the fan by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. If you can get a franchise quarterback, if he turns out to be a franchise quarterback, it'll be a good move. I mean, we got criticized a little bit for how much we gave up for Josh. And I'm like, well, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if he does work out, nobody's going to give it. That's Bills GM Brandon Bean on the move to trade up and, and draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of teams. We were talking about this yesterday. You could see 11, 12, and 13 with Minnesota, Denver, and Las Vegas all trying to make a push to jump up and get one of these quarterbacks in the NFL draft. And that's the thing is if you if you feel confident about it, you go and make the move. If not, well, you sit back and then you watch other teams be successful. Put them on the table because you're either <laughs> going to get fired or nobody's going to care. Yep. This Pro Football Report brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Ian Carmel is in studio with us. He has a uh, second show that he's going to be, he's added to his stop here in Portland, March 23rd, Revolution Hall. Uh, going, you can get tickets right there on iancarmel.com, right? Uh, no, not on iancarmel.com. Oh, Go to my 
Instagram or Twitter or go to Revolution Hall's website. Perfect. Uh, and it'll link you right to it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you also have a book coming out. Yes. Uh, it comes out hardcover. It's called Jim. If I Did It. It's where I speculate <laughs> on if I was the one who committed the O.J. Simpson murders. <laughs> okay. So it's just like how I would have done it as a seven-year-old <laughs> if I was in Los Angeles at the time. At yeah. the time? Boy, that With giant gloves on. That's right. Yeah, huge Bruno Molly shoes. Yeah, they would not have fit in the opposite way. They would have been far too large yeah. for you. Well, nobody hands. knew I was there, and that's yeah. what made it the perfect crime. They, they, you said Mickey yeah. Mouse hands, right? Instead, people were like, "He's at Bethany Elementary School right now. How could he have murdered Nicole Brown Simpson?" But I did. Uh, you also have, I guess, another book called a T-shirt Swim Club. My second work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your, your second work that that's coming. Second out. Second foray into the literary uh, world. That's right. Yeah. Which is it, it's a, it's a really cool idea because you didn't just do it by yourself yeah. you wrote a book with your sister yeah i wrote it with my little sister so it's called t-shirt swim club and it's 13 essays about i'm f i'm fat now i remain fat but i used to be much fatter i weighed like mm. 420 pounds of my heaviest and i was that big for a couple of years uh but i was a fat kid i was a fat teenager fat young adult fat adult like fat every step of the way uh so i wrote 13 essays about that uh kind of a memoir and essay form where I talk about being a fat kid, fat in high school, dating while I was a fat dude, uh, and then also about like losing weight and the reality of that, uh, and then also like maintaining the weight loss and stuff like that. This isn't a weight loss book, but it's more of like my experience as a fat person. Uh, my little sister has struggled with her health related to her weight as well. She lost a bunch of weight the same time I did. Uh, I dealt with being fat by becoming a stand-up comedian. She became a clinical psychologist, so she's a doctor. Uh, and I would write these essays and then she responds to them. So you get like the funny and then she comes in after and says like, okay, here's how my brother is absolutely full of it. Here's what like <laughs> was actually going on. Here's what people go through when like, here's what life is like for fat kids. And here's like some strategies to, you know, help yourself relate to them. So what we kind of wanted to do was like, as a fat guy, the dream was always like, if I could only find a fat doctor, then I would start going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Right. Because when you're fat and you go to the doctor, you could walk in with a samurai sword sticking out of your torso, and he'd be like, you have to lose weight. You know, yeah. I'm like, okay, but what about the sword? He's like, let's do the fat thing first. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. And, uh, and, like, then you don't go to the doctor. You're full of shame. You never think about it. You stick your head in the sand so you don't have to deal with the actual health implications. At least that's what I did, you know, until it was like- You tugged the shirt. I tugged the shirt, right? Exactly. You, you, we talked about this in Vegas. Right. You, I would pull down on the shirt. I would try to make it long enough to cover my belly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it waited until it was almost too late. I thought I was having a heart attack. I was standing on the street with 911 dialed into my phone. Where I'm like, if my heart slows down at all, I'm not going to hit it. And I didn't hit it, but I went to the doctor that night. I had a blood pressure that started with 200. Whoa. You know what I mean? So, like, I was like, oh, my God. I really walked up to the, you know, cliff's edge here on this one, and I almost waited until it was too late to actually do that. So in this book, we wanted to write, you know, for people who were fat kids, who are fat adults, who have fat people in their lives, or even if you just, like, want to read a funny memoir, but we wanted to be something that, like, comes at you with, like, empathy and understanding, but also humor and intelligence and and not, like, this kind of where it's only body positive, where it's, like, you're beautiful no matter what. You are beautiful no matter what, but also... And you can be fat when you're healthy, but we wanted to be like, listen, there are health concerns that can be part of this, and we need to be real about that as well. Mm -hmm. But we need to be real from someone who's gone through it, yeah. not some doctor who's had a six-pack since he was rowing at Harvard, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, you come into that, and, and selfishly, I've always wanted to write 
yeah. a book. I'm, I'm a terrible writer, but I'm like, I've always told, you know, my wife, like, ah, at some point in time, I want to like have something that I can write about. Yeah. And I'm just like, what was that, that process for you when you're just like, I know you write jokes and you write comedy and, yeah. you, and you write, and you, you, you write for Corden for what, seven years? Like, uh, yeah. you, you write religiously, right? but it is a different thing to write that. It's an entirely different process. I was lucky because I wrote for uh, the Portland Mercury for a few years, so I was used to like churning out 500-word columns, mm. but then this is like, hey, 100,000-word book. That's kind of different. Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. They call write, like writing, selling a book, uh, it's like a pie-eating contest where mm. the prize is more pie. That's what <laughs> writing a book is, where it's like, did you enjoy that? Because that means you just get to do a whole lot more of yeah. it. Um, but I, to be honest, I loved it. I really, really loved it in a way that I didn't think I was I was going to. But you know, you 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 sit down at a coffee shop and you open your laptop. Did you, you did you do the coffee shop? I went to a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah I can't write at home because my Xbox is sitting right there. And <laughs> that's, I'm like, that's a fair temptation, dude. It's so real. I'm like, I, I could take a little break three hours later. I could what finish. The hell I could finish this chapter on how fat bastard you know made me feel as a little fat kid, mm -hmm. or. I could take the Blazers to a championship, mm, you know, with yeah. as a rookie. Like, it's like one or the other thing. So I would have to go to a coffee shop and write. And uh, But you'd sit there and, like, luckily there's great books about writing. And Stephen mm. King has this one uh, where he says his rule is he writes 2,000 words a day. Yeah. No matter what. He doesn't write a word more. And if he finishes a book 400 words into it, he writes the first 1,600 pages of the next book, right? Wow. So that's a little crazy. I didn't quite do that, but mm -hmm. I was like... I'm going to, every time I sit down to write, I'm going to try to get to 2,000 words. And you kind of like sketch an outline for yourself. You're like, I know I want this chapter to be about my time in middle school when I had a gym teacher who made me run the vault. I went to middle school, what? Meadow Park Middle School, and we had this gym teacher who was this dude like from the 70s, <laughs> mustache, super fit, like tight t-shirt, tucked into sweatpants. So you right now. It's me right now, right? Exactly. Yeah. But like fit, like really fit. <laughs> He could probably do like a back handspring like in his 60s. Oh, God. But he was like this guy who he's like, I'm going to treat all the kids the same, and that includes fat kids, right? Mm. In an effort to be like, you know what? That's not an excuse. I believe in you. You're going to do it, right? Mm. So we had this like, you know, a vault, like yeah. a gymnastics vault. You run down a runway. There's a springboard, and then you go over this vault. I weighed 320 pounds in middle school. I kept telling him, I don't think I should do this for me and for you. And he was like, no, no, that's no excuse. Everybody runs the vault before the class is over. So it kept dragging on and dragging on and dragging on. And every few classes, he was like, you ready, Carmel? I'm like, I'm not doing it. I choose not to run, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and by the end of it, it was like, at first it was like funny. And then it kind of got embarrassing because he was like all the time. And it made me feel alone and it made me feel isolated. Yeah. And I was like, I'm the one kid in this class who he keeps picking on to do it. Mm -hmm. And eventually he wore me down towards the end of the class. I was like, you know what? Fine. Fine, let's do it. I'll do it. And he's like, great. I'm going to stand on the other side. I'm going to help catch you and guide you to the mats. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no, yeah. So this, like, 160-pound, you know what I mean, like, gym teacher is standing there on the other end. All 320 pounds of me comes rumbling down this, you know. This, this seems like the scene out of old school. Dude, it was like that. <laughs> Come rumbling down this, like, this runway. Mm -hmm. I hit the springboard. I am, like, launched into the air. It feels amazing for, like, a moment because I'm, like, flying through the air. I feel like the spruce goose. And I lock eyes midair, I swear to God, with this gym teacher, and it dawns on him for the first time what he has conjured. 
This thing is the math principle of mass times velocity right. squared, which is has like all of a sudden landed. All the clapping and the and the good intentions of the world cannot erase physics. So a three hundred and twenty pound matzo ball of a missile is like careening towards him, and he can't get out of the way. And I hit him so hard, he goes down like a guess who tablet. Like he's on the ground, like flap, like that, like that fast. And the whole class is clapping, and I stand up, you know, and like they're cheering, and I'm cheering. And then he blows his whistle, and he's like, class dismissed. It was amazing. And, and he, he had to pack his, not only himself, but his pride up in a way that he probably did not anticipate. Right, exactly. And I, I like to imagine he didn't make the fat kids run the vault after that. Like, hopefully. But it was like, you know, that. so that's like a funny story from my middle school, but it's also about- It's also something the, very, it has a lot of clarity in your life. In like, a lot of clarity in my yeah. life. And it's also sometimes a way that like society treats fat people, which is like, we we expect that uh, they will bend themselves to the world rather than the world making room for fat people mm. where it's like, you know, that was on a vault in a gym class, but it's also airplane seats or it's I was like, going to ask you, is there an, do, you, do you have a, 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 an essay on the airplane seat? There were too many to pick. Like two, I didn't write an essay about it because it's okay. just like, I mean, I think I mentioned it in a few yeah. different ones, but like, oh my God. Because that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. That's one of the big ones. I always thought, by the way, like I'm, I'm hygienic. Mm -hmm. I smell good. Like I'm a better person to have next to you as a fat person than some skinny dude because I like my entire torso is made out of memory foam. It's like cuddle up. <laughs> you just kind of dig in there a little. This bit. This doesn't yeah. have to be weird. Yeah. Take a nap. You know what I mean. Uh, Rest you, your weary. Not a lot of nerves in there. Yeah. No, snuggle in there. Pretend like grab a handful. Yeah, go to bed. <laughs> I think it's a it's a great concept for the book too because you get two different ways of approaching the same thing yeah. right with your sister mm -hmm. who yeah. gives you the clinical side of it and it goes through it but also the human aspect of how i, I think a lot of people address it and think of of weight loss yeah. I, I think it's 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 a great idea for a book and Thank now you. now that i'm finding out it's inspired by stephen king and it i'm assuming yeah. uh it, it's even more <laughs> it's even more just the writing process there are no scary clowns in this book i, I guess me i'm the scary yeah. clown in this book yeah uh, well i i look forward to it june is, is june 11th it comes out okay. we're gonna have a big uh release day thing at powell's on june 8th so actually before it comes out but nice. They knew I loved Portland so much that they were like, "They did a special release. There. We will let you release it early, uh, a few days." And uh, now I already tried to sell you tickets to a show, but if that sounds like a good book for you or for anyone in your life who you'd like to like hand that book to and be like, "Hey, like you know, I think this might be something fun for you to read." Uh, Pre-orders help a lot, and you can go to like, you know, Amazon or 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 Barnes and Noble or any of those, or my I would prefer you go to like Powell's or Bookshop.org. You know, in order so it goes to like a local bookstore. But if that sounds like something you'd like, there's an audio book coming out uh, as well that I read. Uh, hardcover books that you can get and pre-orders help a ton, uh, which would be amazing. Are, is your sister going to be on the audio book? Yes, or she is. You, okay, okay, because no. I didn't know if you were going to <laughs> imitate your sister's voice. Oh, good point, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you maybe do your own personal edits to what she yeah. said yeah, about yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as well? <laughs> so what he is actually trying to say here is. <laughs> Maybe now maybe I will. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, I don't know what happened to your session, Lisa. Maybe they canceled. It. Oh yeah. yeah, I don't. Know. Just keep checking your email. They're gonna. They're gonna yeah, they're gonna hold you any minute now. There you go. Uh, you want to talk some Blazers? I would love to talk right. some Blazers. But Ian Carmel, you've been in you've been in game for some, or you've been in town for some fantastic. Some games. real corkers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and you were the human detour last yeah. night. 
it, uh, of the basketball game. Yeah. And I don't know if you even knew that you were, they're like, bad news, DeAndre Ayton out. Good news, here's Ian Carmelo. Yeah, Look. God. I thought, like, can he go in and take some minutes from Dwight Reed? Like, <laughs> turns out, no. I had no idea because I was in the arena where they're not like, hey, uh, Ayton's not coming back. They don't tell us. So you just, you're like, I, boy, I hope he has diarrhea. And that's why he hasn't come out yet. <laughs> Because like it all fell apart when he didn't come out. Right, we'll talk about the Blazers, the future, and how uh, Blazers' number one comedian fan feels about. Well, you're the number one celebrity fan at this point. Unless you can get Katie Lang on the horn. I think it's me. Ian Carmel in studio next. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Danny Meringue. Dusty Bun? Dusty Hera. I've been really busy trying to save the world from Russians and monsters. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader. <laughs> of course you have. 1080. I want to hear it. The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Thank you for being a part of our day, letting us be a part of yours. We've got Ian Carmel in studio with us. Uh, you were at the last two Blazer games. Yes, I was. I was at the uh, Charlotte Hornets game. Maybe the worst game I've ever seen in my entire life. And <laughs> it was then, a hard watch. And then the Miami Heat one, which was a lot more fun, even though we lost that at, at the end. How are you feeling about the, the rebuild? Because we've talked about this quite a bit. There were a lot of fans that we, you know, I know you saw it on Twitter. The trade dame reset. It's time to rebuild. And those same people are not about that life now that that has come to fruition. How are you feeling about the rebuild? I was, you know, I was on the, if it's time to, if Dame wants to leave, it's time to trade Dame kind of thing where it's like, he gave us so much. And I was like, yo, if he wants to go. Happy to see him go. I want us to get the most in return for that package, but given the contract left, but like, this is exactly what I expected. This is what this looks like. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I'm a little bummed out that Shaden Sharp is out for the season. That That is a setback, obviously, yeah. for how you picture it going. Scoot being hurt intermittently here and there is also a bummer. But I never got worried about Scoot's development. You know, I was like, this is probably what it looks like when you're a point guard. I also In a 19-year-old point a guard? Year-old, coming out of G League Ignite, which I'm starting to think more and more is maybe the worst place for a player to it's, come it's out of. T- the NBA is going to, they are going to force a restructuring of that because it's just. They need to nuke it. You know, it's like, or, it's or a good, it's a, it's a good place, but they, they, they can't do what they did this year, which is have like eight kids. Yeah. Because they're, they've won four games. Like, and, so they're going into like small gyms and getting the crap kicked out of my grown man. Like, yeah. Like, that's not helping anyone. It's bad. You're yeah. getting, yeah, you're getting the crap kicked out of you and you're not, it's like AAU on steroids where you're like, it's a lot of people operating for themselves mm-hmm. where, like, like I want these guys to get paid, but now they can get paid going to Duke. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, go get coached up, learn how to play in a system. Like, mm-hmm. so Scoot, who I think is an amazing dude and going to be an amazing basketball player, like, I just think that was also like a big setback where it's like, we have to grade that man on a curve because he's trying to be a true point guard 
who is coming out of like maybe the worst place for a true point guard to come out of. It, it truly is because of what you're talking about that it, it is every man for himself because they're trying to make their name yeah. to vault up draft boards and it's just not working out. No. It's you, just not working you out. You need to be with a couple dudes who are pretty sure they're going to be dentists. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like a couple guys who are going to set screens and shoot threes and stuff like that. You know, get a periodontist on your wing, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and one team also has to have the guy who we all know is going to be the guy at the bar like 10 years down there will be like, yeah, I played with him in college. Oh, absolutely. I played with him in college. Who's so flabby that you're like, how did that happen between like now and <laughs> <laughs> in those last 10 years? But yeah. then he stands up and he's like 6'6", six, six, and you're like, maybe. Okay, yeah. I could see it. If I squint, I can see it. That dude being... just cooking people at 24-hour fitness, you know, that guy <laughs> out there playing in Crocs. Yeah. Are you still as committed or do you find yourself checking in and out on the season? I, if I'm being 100% honest, probably watch fewer games than I did during the Halcyon days. See, and that's normal. Yeah. Like, that's that's the natural progression. You check in, you check out. Yep. And part of it is being married, too, where I'm like, if things are going well, I'm like, I can, my wife will sit down and, like, you know, when it was Damian Lillard cooking people, you know, or, like, close games where it's like, oh, this is really exciting. But when it's us down by 15 to Salt Lake City in the fourth quarter, it's a little harder to be like, this, this instead of, you know, Shogun or like whatever it is you want to watch. And she's just <laughs> like, I, she sits down, opens her laptop and sighs really heavily. And I'm like, all right, we'll turn off the blaze. <laughs> See, you, you're, you're making choices. You're investing in, in the relationship. Exactly there. right. Yeah. I, I would like, rather be married and watch a couple fewer Blazer yeah. games than divorced and seeing all 82. And right that's now. the thing is like, yeah. you look at the, where they're at right now and are you at the point yet of like, this is... I can't, I can't do this. No, no, I'm fully, I'm like, this is, I like, am completely aware of the reality of what this situation yeah. is going to be. I'm like, yeah, and I'm also happy we kept Brogdon. Mm-hmm. I think, like, that's so much better for Scoot to have, like, an actual very competent point guard because, like, who can take those minutes maybe against the first line starters on the other team and then Scoot can come in mm-hmm. and not only learn how to play against elite competition – but if he's playing against the team's backup point guard, I think it's good for him to have some dominant moments. Yeah. Get a taste of that. Um, and, yeah, man, like, it's exciting enough for me when it's, like, Jeremy, Ayton, and, uh, and and Simon's out there cooking people. I'm like, this is cool. Which you had last night until D.A. goes down. Until D.A. goes down. Yeah. So we have, like, I know people who are maybe a little more diluted are, like, looking at it like we're going to be Houston next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also now you see Houston kind of tailing off mm-hmm. and, like, ending up more around play-in 500 basketball team. And it's like, well, that might be asking for a bit much. But at the same time, we do have those pieces there. I wish this draft was better. Yeah. I mean, they're sitting fourth right now. Yeah. It's, it's, here's the thing. Are, are you, do you feel like there's any pressure right now in the organization? I mean, I'm sure you saw the, the, the TV stuff yeah. that popped up. Do you feel like there's any pressure on the organization right now to make not the move, but a move this offseason? A move being like go get us a big player, like go get a, a guy, like the next guy, not not maybe not the next Dame, but like yeah, a next a, a guy that you're like, yep, that's that's a guy you see on this team for the next five to seven years. I don't, I ha- I don't think we are I mean, like I think the assets we have that would be required to go get that would be like okay, you have to trade Sharp and Scoot if you want to go get the kind of player we're talking about, or at least one of those dudes in all of our picks. Mm-hmm. And if that guy, maybe if whoever that hypothetical player is, is on like a five-year contract, you know. But who is that? Is it like, oh, 
Cleveland has decided that they can't succeed with uh, Donovan Mitchell and mm-hmm. Darius Garland. Donovan Mitchell resigned, so like Garland's on the market. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, maybe you look at that and you're like, are we getting the next Tyrese Halliburton? Let's grab that dude yeah. and like have him throwing lobs to Aiton and, and, and Jeremy Grant, and that looks like a pretty good basketball team. At the same time, I've been a Blazer fan my whole life, and I've been like, this team has always succeeded when we get our best players through the draft. Mm-hmm. And from small schools. And from small <laughs> schools, yeah. Because we don't, because like, you know, millionaire, 23-year-old black dudes don't want to come live in Portland. Shockingly. And I I get it, man. I completely understand. We're They're not wrong. It no. sucks for us. Like we, you know, we had CJ McCollum. He loves wine, you know, and that worked out for as long as it could. Yeah. That's enough. Damian- One of my favorite conversations with young Blazers is when I build enough trust with them to be like, so what was it really like when you got here? And yeah. It's like, yeah, it was a. Uh, it's got to be so disorienting. I mean, Scoot comes from Georgia. Yeah, man. We are a long way from Georgia. <laughs> the, yeah, that's uh, The only thing we have in common is like farm to table restaurants. And like <laughs> outside of that, it's like a completely different yeah. like environment. Yeah, it's, it's a totally different thing. So yeah. it's like and strip clubs. And, yes, oh, and and strip clubs. Yeah, and strip clubs. But remember, he can't go yet. Legally, he can't go. Legally, right, exactly. You know? oh, isn't that, that crazy? That's, yeah. Yeah. That's the, he has to go to Jiggles. <laughs> which doesn't exist. It's, a, it's gone? Yeah. Oh, the jig is gone, dude. Yeah, oh. they turned that into a cracker barrel. And then that's cra- It was cool. kind of a cracker barrel yeah. uh, yeah. back in the day, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cracker barrel LA fitness and a Cabela's. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. That was those are the only three things powerful enough to take Jiggles as yes. place. Wow, that's just <laughs> that, that twenty dollar like cover. Just it, it wasn't enough to sustain. That hit me like a brick. I don't know yeah. where to get juice now. Right? <laughs> where Where are you going to get a cranberry juice for twelve dollars now? I have no idea. You have no idea. I assume well, it was Whole high foods. quality cranberry. Juice. Uh, right, Whole, Whole Foods. foods. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's the place that you get it now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you for carving out so much for us. Yeah. Oh, it's my pleasure. I would hang out all day and talk blazes. What are you guys talking do about you, next? Do you want to hang out more? I'll do you do have where, anywhere to go? I got to go meet my dad. It's one fifteen right now. I got I got one more segment. Okay. You got, got one, one more, more se- segment. We got one more Perfect. segment with Ian. Yeah. There is a pro tip, though. Your wife knows how passionate you are about the Blazers. Yes. Uh, yep, she's not listening. No. She's a teacher. She's no. in school. What you do is in a season like this, you're like, you know, I'm not going to watch a Blazer game. Yeah. You make it the big you, deal. You, you, like, you bank it for later. Oh, hey, oh, that's a great idea. You know, yeah. the, especially in a game where you see it coming. Yeah. Like if where you see like all the starters if, are out, you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, if no the way. Blazers <laughs> are playing, if the Blazers are playing Boston on the second of a back to back, you see the writing on the wall and you go, you know what? We can watch the highlights. Let's let's watch a show. What do you want to do tonight? Right. What do you want to watch? I'm like and- Ashton Haggins is starting. Yeah. I'm like, uh, let's you know what? Let's yeah. go see a movie. Yeah, let's You're right. let's go. And the, you build up those credits for when the Blazers get good, and you go back to being the degenerate basketball fan that yeah. we all are. I'm going to implement this the second I get back to yeah. LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's because I know your wife isn't listening to this right now either. Abs- no. Yeah. Okay. No. We're so we're good. Circle of trust here. She's in LA. She's yeah. <laughs> Again, she's only a good times Blazer fan. <laughs> she grew up in Chicago. So so like she was spoiled. She like had the, she the had Michael pile Jordan of titles growing up. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I know. Gross. Awful. Probably gonna divorce her. I'm yeah. so jealous of that. I know. Me too. I am so Every time I look at all you know is winning. It's, yeah. like, it's, well, it's not because I'm mad. It's because hey, I'm jealous. Every, of every June you have to like redo your schedule because there's a parade going yeah. down yeah. <laughs> Michigan Avenue, and you're like, nah. although the Bulls have been woeful, oh, other than so those bad. teams. You know, yeah. it's been like a Shut yeah, other than Michael Jordan. All right, Ian Carmel continues with us. This is Tennessee the fan. Danny and Dusty on the fan. 
Everybody's gonna pay. Ian Carmel continues to join us here. Uh, thank you for your time, man. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. And my apologies to anyone who can't stand me. Oh, I never no, apologize. No, this is, no, this is exactly what this is yeah. exactly what we live with. Yeah. You know, this is why we have the Vancouver Ford text line. That's right, uh, and it's so people can tell us every day unabashedly how they feel about. Tell us. me which bridge you'd like to throw me off of. Hashtag Ian Carmel. You <laughs> <laughs> got a nice selection. Yeah, right. Pretty shitty. All the, you throw me off the one to Vancouver. Let yeah. me know. You know, actually, we do have a question for you. Oh, great. And, and well, P1 Rufio says, can we please have Carmel on more often? Oh, thank you, you P1 know? Rufio. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, this is question for Ian. I've been riding the Blazers money line since the losing streak started. Yeah. It has to end eventually. Should I keep going or just call the hotline now? Wow. Winless for the month of February. First winless month in franchise history. Yeah. It's, I don't see it getting much better. Yeah, I I mean, they lost the game to the Hornets. To the Hornets. Which, it, and now Aiton's yeah. going to be out for longer than he probably would have if we were doing well. Yeah, even then, like, I, he did hurt it last night. Like, it's dude, not, he people, was people, like, people were, like, worried, like, oh, they're tanking. I'm like, no, dude. No. Seven-foot man fell very far and landed on wrist you underneath could, him. It you was, could tell for the rest of the game he was, like, he was not doing moving the, right. Yeah, yeah, he hesitated on his he, – he still played really well when he yeah, came back in. Yeah. But yeah Maybe that's the thing. Maybe we just need to sort of, like, like jab him with a fork every just, now and just then. Just cattle prod him. Keep him angry, yeah. you know? I like that. Uh, a Hulk, little Hulk. Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm always angry kind of situation. Hulk dynamics, I like that. Yeah. I think if you've been riding the money line on the losing streak, the the next game the calendar turns. So then you just take your winnings and you restart the month of March on that money line yeah. losing streak. Yeah, that seems like the responsible thing to do. There has he been betting against the Blazers? Yes, he oh, has. Oh, yeah. baby, yeah, keep it has. rolling. Yeah, yeah. Keep <laughs> it rolling. I had a guy in front of me who put five thousand dollars on the Heat. Yeah. Uh, at halftime. <laughs> Smart man. Yeah. And so I was watching them. He's, he's like showing me his phone. Like, what was no, the, seriously. What was the spread at that point? Uh, four and a half. Oh. So they. they Easy money, yeah, baby. They catch yeah. him. Wow. Yeah. They were having a good night. Did he see the eight and injury and then and then go? Yeah. Or was he. he yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. That's smart. He Because the Blazers didn't announce anything. And if you, if Wops just down on the floor, the, the casinos aren't going to get that line no. that fast. No, so you got so, in ahead of time. He got in. He's a true degenerate. The like, Blazers was, should float that out when they're trying to move tickets now, where they're like, you're, you're not going to see. Get the inside the head of the lines of Fort Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but watch which Blazer comes up a, a little gimpy. <laughs> At hey, close time. attention. Come yeah. next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to start traveling with the team now. Yeah. Because they're going to be like. You're the, you're the, uh, the signal flare they put yeah. up right before they. Uh, and <laughs> Anthony Simons has a knee injury. <laughs> now Ian Carmel. It's actually brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, just like make it entertaining if it's going to go sideways. And, and you and Brooke did that last oh night. Oh, my God. What, how about Brooke, though, huh? She's she's the best. What a she? treasure. She yeah. was sitting in that chair on Monday. Yeah. And oh, right over here. That's yeah. right. Right yeah. where you were at. She was in the chair on Monday, and we were we were talking about, you know, what it's like when you go through a, a season that is tough. And yeah. her and Kevin and Lamar do an incredible job. Oh, my God. Of making it entertaining because – I can't imagine how difficult that is. Well, I always say, so like when I was on the Late Late Show, uh, you know, most of the time we'd have like amazing guests and uh, and I can't believe I'm about, I'm going to say, they're never going to find out about this. Yeah. You have amazing guests. You know what I mean? It's like- Sometimes Tom, you don't. Tom Hanks is on the yeah. show and it's easy, right? Like yeah. James could just sit there, lean back in his chair, whatever. We had Brooklyn Beckham on the show. David Beckham's son, mm. who in it like, 
He's a very sweet guy, but he's like tried to be a photographer. Mm-hmm. He has a photography book. It's terrible. There's like a bad picture of an elephant in there that's like not lit at all. He's like mm. bad, like hard to get a good picture of an elephant, but pretty cool though. Like that's sure. what the caption is. <laughs> yeah, that's the, he. He put that caption in there. He's like, this is a bad picture, but I got to see an elephant. Like, huh. good for you, child of two millionaires. <laughs> but uh, so he's tried to do that. He's tried to be a personal stylist. He like had an advice column. He's like the ultimate nepo baby. Gotcha. Right? And he's so sweet that everyone keeps like rooting for him. But one of his eras was trying to be a chef. Oh. Uh, so he came on the show to try to do a cooking segment, which is already one of the hardest things you can do in television. It takes up so much space and time and Huge staging space. it. And it's a nightmare. Right. There's not a lot of food. You already have to be like, you have to be Gordon Ramsay yes. or Emeril Lagasse. You have to be like enough, like good enough at TV that that could be your only job mm-hmm. and also a good enough cook to make sure the food cooks. Brooklyn Beckham was not good enough at either of those things. <laughs> he just wasn't. He's not great at TV. He's not a good cook. And- James Corden was the guy, our host, was like cooking with him. And it was the most impressive thing I've ever seen James do because he turned that segment into something watchable. Just pure gold. Because Brooklyn was giving him negative anything. (laughs) It was just like sucking the energy out of the room. Going full energy vampire. Going full energy vampire. And Corden was like, it was, I would like I, I felt like I watched Jordan's flu game. Like I went over <laughs> to him after the segment, just like clapping, and I took him side after the show, and I'm like, it's not the carpools with Adele. That's not why you make the big bucks. No, it's these. It's this one. It's yeah. this Wednesday in February mm-hmm. where you made watchable television, where you made you know chicken salad out of yes. chicken poop, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing, and that's what Brooke and Kevin and Lamar, to a lesser extent, you know, the Blazers no, aren't no, that bad, but like. No. I, I told Brooke this in, in, in referencing another comedian here. Uh, they were on that absolutely horrid trip. Yeah. And they're in New York against the Knicks. They're getting slaughtered. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you know how TV works. You, you've got your promos and your throws and your ad reads and everything else. They had one, but instead of, like, going on time, <laughs> yeah. it was middle of the action. The Knicks are coming down the floor. Uh, Calabro just rips into Bill Burr, February 22nd, <laughs> the Moda Center. It's just... I bet you that'll be a great show, like, <laughs> as the Knicks are running down the paint for another dunk and knowing kind of how TV works. Yeah. I, think, I, I've i got tears running down my face. That's, I'm laughing so hard because that's that's like, gold. Might as well. Yeah, that's I'd exactly. You just it. threw it up and just yeah. like, like, that is going to stick with me forever yeah. because it was just such a perfectly poignant thing Dude, in that moment. Speaking of respecting people at the Bla- uh, Blazer, Todd, Todd Bosma, the guy. The, the best in the arena, world the at it. The best in the world. It's not even close. When I was doing that stuff with the Blazers to introduce Doug Fur, the mm-hmm. new mascot, right? So we shot these sketches and then the last reveal was like a live in arena thing. Yeah. And the Bla- I forget who the Blazers were playing, but we had like, we were up 14. This was last season. Dame was still on the team. And so like at the beginning of the game, they're like, First time out of the third quarter, that's when you go out. Mm-hmm. And that's your spot, no matter what. And you hope it's after the Blazers just go on a big run. They're up 20. They're yeah. up 20. The other team calls a timeout. The you know the arena's jacked. People are stoked. But instead, we blew a 12-point lead. <laughs> we were down two. Dame got teched up. Timeout. Whole arena's booing the refs. And they're like, go. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to walk out there and do this skit. <laughs> <laughs> to introduce this, the Doug Fur mascot, who I think people are, have warmed to now, but at the time, at the time, like, no, people were like, no, yeah, no, thank you. You're, you're taking away Dame and giving us Bigfoot. Like, no, absolutely not. So I was out there like trying to make this thing work while people are like raining down booze, not on us, 
But not not on him. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Tangential booze. Tangential booze. But there may have been a couple who were like, no, no, no Blaze yeah. for life. Get both of these guys. Get, bring me Bill Burr and Blaze. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you have to do it. Then. And, like, in that moment, I got, I already respected what uh, Todd and the Game Ops team does already. But, like, in that moment, I was like, oh. So you got to get your stuff off no matter what's going mm-hmm. on. You you got benchmarks to hit. And the thing is, I, I league pass. Yeah. I, I've tweeted this out because I've seen every team. Yeah. He's better than all of them. But it's Way not better. even close. He's like, not corny. A lot of them are like corny. Oh, all right. Let's yeah. go, guys. Like, it's it's fake energy. And yeah. It's just so, it's tacky. He's just a regular, he's just a real dude. And he's been doing it for job. 25 years. And yes. one of my favorites is when you get the tic-tac-toe and you just hear, Oh, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Like there's yeah. the, there's the oh no, and it's it happens once Every, a month. Yeah. Once a month, yeah. you'll get that with the tic tac toe, and it's okay. It but that's being real yeah. about it instead of oh we got a big game here. Yeah. You know, oh, you close. Blew, we'll see. You yeah. blew it. <laughs> Yo, one of the great blazer highlights of the last decade is that tic tac. Is the tic tac toe meltdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which truly transcendent stuff. I just yeah. can't wait till we finally get the half court heave. A make Casey Holdall. Somebody's going to win personal mission. He is. He, it's coming every because he's just like why? Why is nobody ever close? Yeah. For for reference, Casey. There's video evidence of him on the road. First shot underhand. We got to get court, him out there. Cash. Conflicts be damned. Like, yeah. and he will get his phone out and film it every single time, just so he has got. In case when the it evidence happens. when it when it happens. Well, let's hope it doesn't happen after the Blazers give up a twelve point lead because nobody will, <laughs> nobody will be cheering. Yeah, they'll be walking out, <laughs> yeah. looking away, like nah, whatever. They'll be sign him, get the guy on the team. <laughs> and maybe that's the maybe that's the new halftime trick. If they do blow the lead, it's you get to pick any Blazer, just come out during that timeout, yeah. and they get to shoot it for you. Have them oh. do it. Yeah, uh, yeah that should them, be what it is. Yeah, have them shoot it for you. Come on, like landmark or whoever, whoever's like putting it, these four. It, you no, know, yeah. it's Toyota. Toyota, it's, but it's it's yeah. General Toyota, North Northwest Toyota dealers. Oh, all of the Toyota dealers going in yeah. on it. What's does Damian Lillard still own that uh, dealership? He does. He's out in uh, McMinnville. Yeah. 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 He should at least he should put a car up. Come on. I mean. Soften the blow. They probably don't want that right now. Yeah, that might be good. every yeah. game when the Bucks come to town. The Damian Lillard Toyota, and that would be the one that they make. Is yeah. that yeah. Oh, your ex-wife is doing great? Here's her sending you a pity car. <laughs> All I got in the divorce was a new car. Yeah, yeah. man, tough. Well, hey, thank you, man. We really appreciate you for for popping in. Thank you so uh, much for having me. Oh, this you're was kidding great. Me every single time. March 23rd, Rev Hall. Second show still Second has show. tickets. Yeah, uh, I just tweeted out a link to uh, your book. Thank uh, you very for, much. Uh, Penguin book is the Penguin uh, Random House is the publisher. Is the publisher. So I tweeted yeah. the, the link to them. So Perfect. that has the link to all the various stores, and you can click on Pals or whatever Any old method you, you want. That way, I, I was I was uh, ambivalent in uh, where where they went, and I could if, not direct them. If you don't want to read the book, it's an excellent place to hide a weapon or a flask of alcohol. It's like true. there's any number of things you could do with it. Hollow yeah. it out. Doorstop. Yeah. yeah. Hollow it out. Throw it at someone. You know. Get it as a gift. Passive aggressive gift. Ooh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. There oh, we go. Yeah. Passive aggressive gift giving. Sure. It's a, it's a holiday tradition. I like that. Anything you want to do with it. It doesn't have to be for me. Make it a spite thing. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, I do. Uh, I'm just letting you know right now, I'm going to do to you what I did to Ben Golliver, which is I will buy a copy and force you to sign it. That's I will point. happily sign it. Yeah. Perfect. There we I've go. I've already got mine pre ordered. Well, thank you very much. There we Come go. On. Ian, thanks, man. We appreciate you. Uh, the pride of Beaverton. Yeah, boy. Well, I am from Beaverton. But went to Proper. high school in unincorporated Washington yeah. County. That's right. Yeah. Okay. There we, we go. We, 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 we we won't fault it. I was too big for one suburb to contain. There was...
<laughs> there was uh there, there was a all fantasy everything yes. and you mentioned Westview High School at the exact moment I drove by Westview High School. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I I got excited and I don't know why but the people in the car next to me probably thought I was a lunatic <laughs> because I'm just like like, it's right. Oh, it's, it's, right, right it's right there. In the next episode. That I'm, was for a audience of one. And I, you that, nailed it. I do it for you. You nailed that. Next episode, I'm going to mention a duffel bag full of small unmarked bills. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> so you can drive by that. <laughs> like, that is moment. perfect. That's for me. That, that is, is perfect. I was yeah. listening like a month ago and you mentioned the Rock Creek Corner too. And I was like. I've been drunk there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> which is now, which is now the mad. It's a mad Greek deli now. Good for them. Yeah, the mad Greek back where it should where it should have been this entire just time. kitty corner to where it was previously. <laughs> the old one fell in a swamp. I think. I think that's <laughs> it literally did. Yeah. <laughs> literally, the roof caved in and it just became Ooh. part of Bethany Lake. Uh, my entire Hall of Westview Hall of Fame induction speech was saying it should really be the mad Greek guys up here accepting this award because that's the real. <laughs> those are the, the Originators of not fr- not fry. Uh, oh wait, no, not JoJo's. They said no JoJo's no steak fries. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, not JoJo's Greek fries. Greek fries, Greek, Greek fries. fries. And yeah. you are a Westview Hall of Famer. Yeah. How many people are? Is it like you and Kara Braxton? Kara's and- not even in yet. What? So it's the what? original ne- principal. Neither Kim or Kara. Are in neither there? of the Braxtons. It's Len Case, the original principal. Trevor Crow. Oh, baseball. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah baseball all-star. player. Uh, and then uh, one, some coach. I forget who. Forgive me. And then my class, this is only the second class they've done. It's me. It's Garrett uh, Jackson. Is that his name? Yeah, basketball yeah. player. By, uh, he lives across coach. the street from me. Yeah. He's, yeah, so, he's in now, too. Assistant coach on the uh, Houston Rockets. And then a uh, one of, like, a swimming coach who, like, won, like, four state titles hmm. after I was gone or something like that. So the Braxtons, they get them next time, get them in there wow. at the same time. I thought they would have been a, the first Yeah, class. like, yeah. that was... That's they a were, feather in your cap right yeah. there. That's right. I'm still yeah. I'm still angling for that Beardon High one. But that's, that's a that's a harder list to this, get. On. It's a tough list. Dude. West, Westview, like the fact that I've got in so early is really an indictment of Westview more than anything. We have Ari Shapiro and Ben Gulliver. Yeah, like, Westview. They, it's a young school. <laughs> <laughs> What's that about Westview? Westview. It's a young school. It's yeah, a young yeah. school. It's a young yeah, school. mine's been around for hundred years. Yeah, yeah. hundred twenty now. Who else? So Ari Shapiro, Ben, ben Gulliver, Gulliver, Ben Crane, Ben Crane, Shoshana Bean. Oh yeah, uh, Mike Byrne, the drummer for the Pumpkins. That's like, right. It's a, it's a Mac Wilkins, rest. Olympic gold medalist. You'll like, get in there. I won't, but You'll, it's okay. You're gonna win an Olympic medal. <laughs> you know, in, in radio, in, in radio. Oh, okay, yeah. Should have gone to a school with lower standards. Yeah, you know? in, in <laughs> that's, that's I think I got it. I should have just like gone to the younger school. Should have gone to Southridge. Are you on the Wikipedia? <laughs> no. Okay. No. The other way to no. do that There's is like, you could do something infamous. Like on Westview's Wikipedia, it's me and also that Muhammad Muhammad guy who tried to blow up Pioneer Square. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So there, we're yeah. both on there. There's two ways to also do it. Also, it's Wikipedia. I could just Jeez. do it myself. Yeah, actually, you're going to add yourself right now. Yeah. yeah. And like alphabetically, like K and M, you're not that far away. No, like we're there's right probably next to each other. nobody in between you two on that no. list. Much like there weren't on that cold morning we were planning it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <I'm sorry. laughs> hey. Serial killer bomber. There you, yeah. go. you said infamous, and I think all of our listeners are sitting there like, Danny's admitted to several crimes. I'm yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has done that, so it's not that far off. If not the Hall of Fame, you could make Beaverton High's Rogues Gallery. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little piece here or there. Yeah. All right, so you can follow Ian uh, across socials at Ian Carmel. That's right. right. Yeah. You, you have the handles on everything. So uh, March 23rd, Rev Hall. Tickets still available. Get his book, T-shirts from Club. Like I said, I posted all the links there. Uh, when we come back, we have our worst day on the web, and it's a story that I, I don't even know, man. It's just... 
it's it's yeah, it, that's where we'll go. Wow. But first, here's the big gun of the Sports Center update. That's that Hawaiian burger joint. It's time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Man, that sucks. I don't even know where to go with this story. I saw it and I was like, that can't be real. There's no way that can be real. That's that's a mad live of stupidity. Turns out it's real. A woman in Ireland lost more than $800,000 in an injury lawsuit stemming from a car crash after photos showed her launching a Christmas tree during a post-holiday competition. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So many questions. Uh, Do we have the answers to why was she on disability? So, uh, 36-year-old Camilla Grabska sued an insurance agency. Which, wait, hold on. Camilla Grabska sounds like a name of a person that can throw a Christmas tree a long way. Yeah, very, very much. I mean, that is Her like... Her name might as well be Camilla Throska. She is like a Polish shot putter. Yeah. Camilla... Camilla sh- she's a She's a sturdy blonde woman. That, okay. Uh, Everything's tracking so yeah, far. But she okay. sued an insurance agency in the country, RSA Insurance, after a 2017 car crash she claimed caused her debilitating neck and back pain that prevented her from holding down a job for five years. Well, we, we lift with the legs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and we don't know how how damaged she was after that. Like, as somebody who has a bad back, there are days where I feel okay. And I can I, I could throw a Christmas tree if, if I wanted to or if that was my thing. And we're not talking like a little tiny Christmas tree. We're talking full-size eight-foot. We're going eight-foot. There's a big tree. I mean. Oh, that is a big tree. And she's not a like a yeah. she's not a like a large woman. No. No. She got good extension on that. Right? Good form throwing. You can tell that the back, the legs are being used. Yeah. See? Um, good follow-through. But if you have a back injury, I'm looking at her like bent like a. Pretzel. Bow and arrow right yeah. there. I don't think that she A lot she of arts is, in the back. Yeah, she doesn't have a lot to to stand on here with the insurance claim. How did the insurance company find out? The photos. Somehow, some way, the photos leaked and got out, and they got hold of the, the insurance company. Or the insurance company got a hold of them. So there was some claims adjuster who was just sitting there and was like, Hey, I know her. What are the odds that... Mm-hmm. I didn't even know Christmas tree throwing competitions were a thing, let alone think of how how like the planets need to align for her to be one entered into this Christmas tree throwing competition to dominate the dominate the competition. Three, somebody at that insurance company had to have known. Who that woman was and was like, ha ha! I bet you I it's a gotcha. small town. I mean, Ireland's not not a, not a large country. Not a large country, so she does, gets this case. It probably is relatively high profile, <laughs> and this says news reports, however, soon surfaced of Grabska competing in a Christmas tree throwing event on January 2018, nearly a year after the accident supposedly left her with disabling pain. The Irish High Court reviewed a photo of Grabska launching a tree, which the judge Carmel Stewart described as a very graphic picture. What? She's, she's not nude. That's a graphic picture. Of maybe her maybe, the maybe it paints it. Maybe that's the Irish version uh, of painting a clear picture. Yeah, a little euphemism there. Yeah, it's, it's this is definitely not injured. It's anymore. a judge. It's a judge saying they caught you in four K. Eight hundred grand in, in in insurance. I don't know claims fraud that she got. Well, fraud. <laughs> yeah, 
She got to pay that back? She got to pay all of it back? She, she's not, no, she didn't get it. Oh. She, so she lost what she was going to win a suit. Oh, and, she's just dumb. Yeah. I mean, this is just sheer stupidity. Keep the neck brace on, dummy. Now, I thought that she'd already won this case, no. was get, had already been getting the money on disability. See, now this makes more sense because obviously somebody at that insurance company or the law firm representing the insurance company was like, you know what, let's do a quick Google search of Camilla Grabska here. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, she's throwing Christmas trees? Yeah, she's fine. She's She's definitely fine. I think what she has claims of, though, maybe she can go, uh, yeah, it's not necessarily the back of the neck anymore, but um, I'm a loose cannon now after this wreck. And uh, maybe it's a little bit between the ears. Like, look at me. I have these fits of rage where I could throw a Christmas tree. A mile. A mile. And uh, I have photos to back it up. I shouldn't be able to do this right now. Maybe I should. Maybe I should lawyer up for her appeal. I, I like where you're going here. Yeah, D- Dusty, the dirty lawyer. Yeah, I would ambulance chase. If I was a lawyer, that would be that'd be my path. Just throwing the fake siren on the top of the car. Yeah, better call Saul esque. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good racket. I don't think it is. No, I don't think they all. Every time I see. Like the well, in TV shows and movies and stuff, because that's my frame of reference here. They're not living the good life. I you know, like... you want to be in white collar crime. I believe that's where you want. If you're a good lawyer, that's what you're doing. Well, and I, mean, I think what I'm saying, I would not be a good lawyer. That's I mean, why if, I would if, be if ambulance. You, if you chasing. get the the one hospital one, yeah, and then you win that. Yeah, make a name you for yourself. That? Yeah, or better call Saul. You uh, fall face first into a drug lord. Which hospitals could also be there? Uh, yeah, it's not that far off. They're tangential. It's, that's not that far There's off. There's a link there somewhere. The Venn diagram, it. they overlap. Well, speaking of overlapping, the overlapping theme of college basketball this season, my goodness, wow. it is top 10 teams falling on their face and fireworks just happening every single night in college basketball. We'll get to that and more. Come up here on Danny and Dusty, Danny the Fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Well, this isn't some foreboding music for every top 10 team in college basketball. We have teams falling left and right in college hoops. And last night, we had another another night of upsets and another night of just unhinged drunk basketball. This time, you had Kansas losing... At home to BYU. That's uh, Isaac Romps, Kansas Jayhawks, falling yeah. to Jason Sukanik's BYU the, Cougars. The number seven team in the country blows a 35-29 lead to fall 76-68. You have 47 points in the second half? Holy smokes. It's a lot of points. And doing it to BYU is a good, The Big 12, if you haven't checked out what the Big 12 is doing net ratings-wise... They are absolutely crushing it because Brett Yormark, their commissioner, he went down the road of we will be a basketball power. Mm-hmm. If we're not going to be the SEC or the Big Ten in football, we are going to be a what basketball power. What the next power. best thing? Think of where they are at as far as their basketball programs. Right now, Houston is number one team in the country, mm-hmm. net rating-wise. Iowa State is number eight. BYU is number 10. Okay, these aren't your household names, but then if you look at 
what they're doing as far as the rest of their conference and the net ratings, which is what they use for seeding in the in the tournament for mm. um, basically every level. What they're they're one through sixteen seeding and mainly the at larges. They've got one eight ten fourteen seventeen thirty three thirty eight forty forty two forty five, and they're adding Arizona next year. That is absolutely insane. You look at quad one wins, which are what are regarded as the highest. You have one, two, three, four, five, six. Six teams have at least five quad one wins, which is your shoe-in for you're getting a bid to the you're tournament. You're getting a bid, yeah. But when you have teams like BYU going in stunning Kansas mm-hmm. at home in Fog Allen, all of a sudden you're going, oh boy. They manipulated their non-conference to the point where they were all bolstered there. And now in conference, they may not have the top dog outside of Houston. Really damn good team. Yes. At 25-3. and There's so much parity across college basketball. What they did in the non-conference is, that's a credit to Brett Yormark in their non-conference scheduling and having a conference kind of all go out and make sure you have quad two, quad three, and quad four wins on the bottom half of your conference. But then... Uh, bolstering it with your top end teams, won big games early in the season too. Like they, the Big Twelve is going to be a basketball problem moving forward. Yeah, and one of those teams, uh, Texas, that's leaving, plays Texas. Played Texas Tech last night, and you get you you yourself, Dusty, have been privy to the <laughs> wonders of the Texas Tech crowd. It, this and wadded up wet tortillas. This made my night last night watching. All of this unfold. If you didn't see it, Texas Tech hosting University of Texas, and there's bad blood there. We obviously yeah, know always. when Yormark went in, yeah. in front of the booster club before the football season started and said, hey, go beat Texas at on Thanksgiving weekend mm-hmm. and do us all a favor for the Big 12 because they were leaving the conference. Texas absolutely smashed Texas Tech in that game. But um, they have bad blood between those two schools because Texas Tech is like, they're the ones out in Lubbock that everybody kind of makes fun of. Yeah, stepchild, right? Yeah. And Texas is the big shiny toy. So there's already even more bad blood in a at a school that, my goodness, they are. It is wild. It's part of their identity when you go to Lubbock, mm-hmm. Texas. So as the game was uh, winding down, you had Brock Cunningham from Texas, a loose ball towards towards the sideline. And Brock Cunningham did, like, the perfect form rugby tackle. Oh, he absolutely obliterated a guy into the, into the scoreboard. He was trying to go for the ball. The Texas Tech player was running up the sideline tracking the ball. Good 45-degree angle. We and, really love the angles we take here. Yeah, he the, the Cunningham comes at an angle, not making a – there's no way you're making a play it's on not, that it's ball. It's not a path for the ball. It's a path to the split no. the Texas Tech player down the middle. And he – Chopped him in half. Yes. And the crowd just booze were raining down. Cunningham played into it because of the rivalry. Yep. He was amping him up. He gets tossed. They go and they do a review. And as the review is happening to see if it was a flagrant two, everything is thrown on the floor. You have uh, water bottles are being thrown on the floor. It is turning into just this scene because Cunningham is instigating Stoking them it. one part. And then part two is it's Texas Tech. This is what drunk, they do. Drunk Texas Tech fans in Lubbock. Which let. Grant McCaslin, who's the head coach at Texas Tech, he grabbed the mic in the stadium. Hey, right here, everybody listen. Everything that gets thrown on the floor, we're going to get a technical foul. Listen to me. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. Nothing else on the floor. Am I clear? 
Okay. The gr- best part about this for me personally is that when Oregon went down in September to play Texas Tech, mm-hmm. it was the first home game of the year for, for the Red Raiders. So McCaslin, who's the new basketball coach, his yeah. first year, he is ringing the bell. You mm-hmm. know, we all know the gif of what it looks like the, the bell ringer is mm-hmm. doing. We've all seen it. But he's ringing the bell before kickoff. And I'm walking through the end zone right after he gets done and where our paths are crossing. And he casually just like leans in to me and he goes, Hey, I hope you lose. I hope you guys lose. And I was like, what is going on here? Is this the head basketball coach just randomly? And it was just like just chirping. It was hilarious. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it wasn't it was like malicious natured. by, it was by chirping. but he kind of like set the tone of what am I getting myself mm-hmm. into here? So after that happens for the next two hours, I get tortillas thrown at me from the Texas tech student section, but I'm now finding out water bottle throwing is a thing by them sure. because near the end of the game, there were water bottles being thrown at the Oregon bench mm-hmm. too. Like, I mean, they were lobbing those Dasani water bottles. Not, not the empty ones. No, that's a thing they do. Yeah. And it happened last night in the game. I'm like, hey, I know this. I've seen this before. I'm when, in danger. It is. Texas Tech, is, it, their environment is wild. And 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a cool experience. Don't be on like, the floor. Be in the crowd. Yeah, be, yeah. Being in the crowd. But they are just, it is a wild bunch that goes to, well, one, lives in Lubbock, Texas, yes. and two, goes to those games. Love and, Lubbock. And I don't know, I I wouldn't go that far. I, I, look, I, I used to drive out there when I was when I was at uh, San Angelo, Goodfellow. It was a fun little time. They go hard in the paint, yeah. though, and they are ruthless. Mm-hmm. Their fans are ruthless. And I said that when, when I got, got back, back from that trip, yeah. I was like, man, that was a, a trip, man. Was, that was an experience. And uh, apparently it's not just tortillas. Water bottles are their, are their thing of choice. So they got teed up. Flagrant two on Cunningham. Mm-hmm. And then Texas Crowd Tech got, got, uh, got a tee oh. for throwing all of the, the water bottles on How the floor. How dare you? Oh, man. But I'm... <laughs> and that's going to be like their rallying cry. Like, if we're not going to be a Texas, we are going to be like... You know, that cousin that comes over on Thanksgiving. He's like, yeah, just got out of jail. (laughs) You know, YOLO, let's go. Where's the highlight? I like it. I like where things are going here. It was a crazy night, though, too, because half-court shots were at a premium last night. You see the end of the Nevada-Colorado State game? Yes, saw the highlights. That dude, uh, what's his name? Jordan something. Uh, Jordan Jordan Lucas? That sounds right. Um, He hits a half-court shot. And it was the second best half court shot of the night because Max Struess and what Absolutely he did. Absolutely canned it from 60 feet. The, the Mavs and Cavs finish was wild. Bonkers. It was that was a crazy finish of the game. Mavs get a bucket. They go up by two. As time is expiring, Max Struess just lines up from 59 feet out and just drills it. And then after the game says, Hey, yeah, yeah, I'm just glad Donovan wasn't playing because if Don was in, he would have taken that shot, not me. Kind of a funny story. Last night I was talking with uh, somebody and DeLon Wright walked up as we were watching the final possession live on a cell phone. And it's always cool to watch a guy who's been in the league for 10 years. He sees it happen. He goes, we all did the same thing. Oh! But it was just it was kind of a cool little moment of yeah. like, everyone is, is a fan of those insane moments. Well, unless you're the Dallas Mavericks, which they should. Show Marquise Morris kind of going on the bench. You do everything to win a game, then whoops. Especially when you get the last second shot to go down that you think is already the game winner. Speaking of long shots, did you see the video that Iowa basketball put out of Caitlin Clark's uh, teammates trying to shoot where she made her record setting shot from? No. Yeah. 
It didn't. It was not. Didn't go well. It was not good because they actually. I think this is really cool. On the basketball floor, they put a sticker of twenty-two from where she shot from. That's cool. And it says it says Clark twenty-two, and so her teammates were trying to shoot from where she did. Did not go well. They should make a permanent mark on the floor. I think for that she. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what they're gonna do. But they they put that right there. Just sticker right on there. She just pulled up, drilled it. Like, I mean, first, it was first like eight points of the game. No, no. In, in the video oh, that right. they posted yeah. just now, she went in like her teammates missed, wasn't even close. And then she, she just, just goes, boom, buckets. It's like watching Dame when he does it. Bucket getter. It's, you know, they're, those guys are, uh, they're, dif- they're different. They're, <laughs> they're just different people. Ger- just- oh, it's Gerard Clark. Mm. Ger- or Ger- Gerard Lucas, not Gerard Clark. Gerard Lucas is the guy who hit the shot for Nevada. Thank you, Tex, please. Appreciate you. Shout out to them. They probably went there. There's always that. No, uh, he played for Oregon State before Nevada. Ah, there you go. That, yeah. There we go. All right, coming up next, the NFLPA report is out, and it turns out winning a Super Bowl doesn't mean you, uh, you're you a great owner. Give me a pick. Stay on Danny Dusty, 1080 Whether you're a duck or whether you're a beaver, your fantasy team needs a new receiver. It's Danny and Dusty at lunchtime every day. Maybe you're a tortured fan of Rip City. Danny and Dusty are here to take pity, hoping there's not a center with bad knees on the way. Talking noon till three. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Yep, I'm singing again, because they haven't said I can't. Danny and Dusty love the teams the rest of us revile Raising a Blazers banner would make it all worthwhile Noon till three An Odyssey station Hour number three on Danny and Dusty On a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Wednesday Made more wonderful by Ian Carmel joining us in the first hour and a half of the show yeah, it was great. He was here from twelve thirty to one thirty. We had a we had a good conversation with. It's been a good three days for old Danny and Dusty with uh, Carmel. Yeah, Brooke Olsendam on Monday, X Golf on location yesterday. Ian Carmel today. Let's go. I like uh, the it. whole hour of Ian Carmel already up on the uh, website too right. for podcast. There you go. I mean, start listening to it at two fifty five twenty. Yes, wait until after the show, but yeah. it's well, there. I mean, it'll be there is, waiting for you. That's when the 7, show ends. Seven oh one. Two fifty five. Seven oh one tonight. Twenty. After Isaac and Sue. Ask Um <laughs> They do just fine. <laughs> but you can also watch on uh ten eighty or youtube.com backslash ten eighty AM the fan, Woo-hoo. as well as twitch.com backslash ten eighty AM the fan. And of course you're uh listen on uh terrestrial radio ten eighty the fan dot com or uh, ten eighty uh, AM. Not 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 dot com. It's not on AM. Did you have a stroke? I did. Are yeah. you okay? No, I'm not. I, I definitely, I had too many backslash 1080 AMs of fans in there. Yeah, I got this here channel on YouTube chat. Uh, he said Richard Lewis died. We saw that as well. Yeah. Uh, that sucks, man. Richard Lewis, comedian, actor. I mean, so many things that we remember him from. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's going to be really interesting to see what the tribute is, this being the final season of Curbed, the fact that they've recorded the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, but Richard Lewis, also Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Yes, like that, that was my first introduction to him. Uh, I mean, as the sheriff brilliant. of Rottingham, just brilliant. And uh, he, he dead at seventy six years old, yeah. man. Uh, which I mean, that's a good run. That's a good run. That's a good run. But I, I, I mean, if I hit seventy six, that's 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 
Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled with that. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's I think it's above I think average. I, I, I think, I think, no way. I think men is I think it's men at seventy two. I mean that's not the run that we want to have. I think it. I think mid to late eighties is 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 a good run for me. I feel like I'm going to be way too broken at that point in time. At that point in time, I said, that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> hence my point. We're doubling my age. Like I don't. Nah, I don't dude. know if like uh, you'll be a cyborg by then. I mean, I think you'll. I, I think you'll be, be good. It. I, I, I know you wouldn't be against it. Danny the murder bot? Okay, maybe we need to rethink this. <laughs> maybe 76 is good? Maybe you need to be a... <laughs> what you need to do is you need to be a government experiment where they put the chip in your brain that they can turn they can turn it off. You can turn me over to Elon Musk to over to get Skynetted? Yeah. Yeah, that seems not fun. Nah. Like, everything about the Neuralink... Yeah. I don't, I'm like, I don't want that. Like, if you you think of a song and then it starts playing in your head, no. That sounds you like, don't know what my brain does all day long. That sounds like the worst long. way ever to never sleep again. I have a squirrel brain. Uh, yes. Could you imagine that? Like, the one good part of that is you would never not get that song that you're like, what is the name of that song? Because you would have it in your brain because you'd be like LinkedIn. But also, like. You would go from that to like, oh my god, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Eighteen hours later, why are my bloodshot eyes still open? Because your brain just would not shut off. Yeah, it doesn't seem good. It doesn't it seems seem like good. a form of torture. I think that's exactly what it is. I, mm-mm, I'm, mm-mm, I'm out. I'm out. I don't want it. But now I am thinking about the murder bot. Okay, of course you are. Um, but I want you to stop thinking. No about fingerprints that because. You are going to go way too far, and you're going to end up in jail because of this. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm not going to leave a trace. Like, wh- I could easily, like, I could have, I could have tracks, and then switch out my tire tread. I could, I, I could, I could put like tire tread on from like an '87 Buick. I could go full cousin, uh, uh, my cousin uh, Vinny. Go, go pause attraction. This is already just, just a bad leaving idea. like false patterns. This is not good. This There's is, no DNA. This is not good. I don't. This is not going to go anywhere. I'm like that finishes happy for anyone. Well, the downside of this is like, I, like my like I'd probably have like video cameras, so there'd be like recorded evidence. Okay, you need to just stop thinking about you this. Know what I mean? This like, is not a, a hard, good. It's like a hard drive for, for a brain. This is a bad life choice. I'd have to like no, have like, certain things wiped. Yeah, we. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'd have to go in and make. Are we sure. talking again about when you're old and broken? You're yeah. a serial killer, Danny. <laughs> That, that's what you. That's the path you've chosen. I, I'm, I'm picturing like a slightly more murderous J five. I don't know what that means. Johnny five. Uh, J five. Yeah. Johnny number five. Yeah. You went short circuit yeah. and you called him J five. Yeah, Apparently, J5. Danny and Johnny number five are tight. <laughs> yeah. J five is alive on a nickname basis. Johnny yeah. number five. Five J5 is alive. J five is alive. Come on now. I am standing here beside myself. <laughs> that's the one that doesn't get the uh... los locos kick your ass. Yeah, having a white guy play an Indian dude. Going brown face. Yeah. Your balls into outer space. That and I think uh, I don't remember. That must have been. That was probably before even uh, C. Thomas Howell doing Soul Man. Oh, ooh, that might be right around the same time. Yeah, Soul Man might be even earlier. Really? Yeah. But yeah, Short Circuit still gets like the wholesome, like, oh yeah, totally fine. But then you're like, why is that white guy doing a Indian voice in brownface? Soul Man was 1986. Short Circuit, 86 as well. Yes. Later than I thought. May 9th was Short Circuit release date. Mm. 
I didn't see the release date here. If this is going to be if this is going to be like May of 86 being the most problematic month <laughs> in movie history. Right? <laughs> oh, let's see here. Blackface and Brownface really popular. May of 86. Were they, were they both produced by Harvey uh, Weinstein? Oh, God. <laughs> October 1986. Oh, oh so, so short, short circuit. circuit set the... I got him by five months. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Slightly more, <laughs> so more, make them slightly slightly problematic more by five months. Or does that make them less because they were earlier? <laughs> no, I think, I think that, I think yeah. they got it. Okay. They got it. Yeah. I was, was, was going to try and give them a chance. <laughs> Yeah, hey, Neuralink is called this texture's great, Vancouver Ford Texan. It's called living with ADHD. That's about right. Like just Yeah, but this time it has boom, all the boom, answers. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, but that doesn't help. Oh, that that's just what means saying. more questions. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying, is it just keeps going where yeah. sometimes you you get lost in your fog. We of, don't need that. Of like, I'm just not gonna get the answer out. Yeah. And you just kind of now all of a sudden you're getting the answers and now you now the scroll of questions I don't want it. doesn't stop. No, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. I'm out. Uh, speaking I'm out. of questions, NFL players up and down the hey, league ooh. were asked a question about everything about their franchise, good, bad, or otherwise. Turns out, uh, even though you could be a perennial Super Bowl contender, your ownership can actually still be cheap and awful. We'll get to that here. Come up on Danny and Dusty, Tenny the Fan. Danny and Dusty on the Fan. Truly a wonderful thing. The NFLPA's annual survey that is completely anonymous that uh, highlights the highs and lows across the NFL as it pertains to the non-football product, i.e. the head coach, ownership, strength coaches, amenities, travel, how teams take care of their families, all of the ins and outs. And uh, players really don't mince words in the comment sections, and the grades are pretty revealing. It's not quite that anonymous when you break it out into you either are the highest ranked or the lowest ranked, right? Because mm-hmm. that means like Andy Reid came into this. He's the number one coach in the NFL. Players, yes. every single player had positive things. Right he's or die A plus, number one uh, rated coach in the in the NFL by his own players. And th- these are your organization only. Not any other organization mm-hmm. that you've it's played internal. for or that you come across. It is all internal. So it is anonymous, and they're not going to gain a whole heck of a lot if you have a lot of like B's or whatever, because that means you guys, some guys are up, some guys are down. Sure. You're probably doing okay in this. But when you have resounding A's or resounding F's, that's when the alarm signals start like sounding. The, 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 the other side of the coin to Andy Reid's coaching is the Las Vegas Raiders and Josh McDaniels, who was despised, who granted yep. out as a D and the worst coach in the NFL. That is not a surprise one bit. Zero upsets but there. But then you have a lot of the coaches, you know, some of the coaches that were even fired in this cycle, they didn't get the marks that you would think that they would garner. Because if you look at a guy like uh, Brandon Staley, who we all were like, Dude just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. He's 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 not it. He is doesn't have control of the team. He looks like he lost the team. Uh, what he graded out as a B by his by his own players. That doesn't seem like a guy that uh, it should have been count canned as resounding. But if you also look at it, or the Panthers, they gave an A minus. He was yeah. Well, Frank Wright. And uh, here's the thing: if your organization is dysfunctional and your coach is calling good, it disorganized and dysfunctional. He, they're oh, riding with horse. They're going to ride with him because Frank Reich was just trying to cook with the ingredients he was given by ownership and management. 
There's only so much you can he do. Was cooking, he was trying. He was asked to make a meal with sponge and cork. And the the bad thing though is if you have a first year head coach who doesn't get an A, mm-hmm. because then it's like that new blood, that fresh face, and new voice. That is a a it's horrible sign. Yeah. So that Frank Reich at least is resonating with his players. What I found, I mean, there's things that you can. I mean, people are breaking down every which way. But what I find fascinating is as a whole. The Kansas City Chiefs organization ranks 31st out of 32 NFL teams by its own players. And Andy Reid is the number it's one the coach. Race. They would be unequivocally dead last mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Andy Reid. Andy Reid took first place as, as the head coach. Their next highest ranking was 18th, and that was treatment of families. They got a they got a D plus by their players, which 18th and getting a D-plus tells you how players across the league feel their families are treated by the organizations, including the L.A. Chargers, which was hilarious. The L.A. Chargers charge players $75 a pop for um, child care on game day, mm-hmm. or $75 for your first child, $50 for each additional child. The other one was on the travel side of things, the Holy crap. Buccaneers charge rookies $1,750 for flights. Anybody, well, flights? Or for accommodations. For No, if you want to have your own room, yeah. seventeen, and you have less than four years, not even rookies, yeah. if you're in your rookie deal, rookie deal, four years or less of service, you have to pay $1,700 to have your own room on the road. In that multi-billion that, dollar company. This is where we are, we are all surprised about owners trying to flee cities for new stadiums. Shouldn't be. They're cheap. They are in the Patriots in Robert Kraft. The, the Patriots and are the Chiefs notoriously are cheap. Both horribly rated. But Kansas City, they got an F in nutrition, locker room, training staff, and an F minus dead last in ownership. Mm-hmm. Clark Hunt, who is <laughs> He's winning Super Bowls. He's mm-hmm. won back-to-back Super Bowls. And he's pocketing all the money. But what the players are saying is that they were, first of all, the upgrade that they got this year because they were an F last year mm-hmm. was because their locker room, they had stools. They didn't have chairs with backs in their yeah. locker room. They got them chairs with backs this year. They were promised new locker rooms after 2022. They go and they win a Super Bowl, and they come back for the 2023 season. Nothing was done for facility upgrades. For the Kansas City Chiefs, which is printing money right yes, now. Yes, literal, literal hundreds of millions into billions of dollars over the last couple of years. And what they are saying is that the organization outside of that, whether it's the weight room, training staff, strength coaches, outside of Andy Reid and the coaches that are actually getting them ready for game day, mm-hmm. players are not happy with the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I mean, to be fair to Clark Hunt, he's clearly pouring that money into his wife. <laughs> She's a hot. And his daughter. Also, Miss Kansas. Uh huh. Yes. But that, think of that. What a quarterback and a head coach can do for your organization. They they can stave off cheap, wildly inefficient ownership. Well, because also the same thing can be true for Belichick and Brady. One hundred percent. That's exactly it. They've countered it. But you also have the the best perceived owners in the NFL: Ziggy Wilf, Minnesota Vikings. Stephen Ross, Miami Dolphins. And then you have Jeffrey Lurie of the Philadelphia Eagles, the Walton Penner family group of the Denver Broncos, and then Steve Biscotti of uh, of the Baltimore Ravens, and 
Green Bay pa- Packers, which is um, that would be and all thirty Jags, all Con- thirty thousand people. Yeah, Shad Khan, Shad Khan, that, that Shad Khan being on there surprised me. The worst owners, mm. the Bidwell family, which should not be any surprise. That's the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. ownership, which I mean, they have lawsuits going against them from employees that aren't players, but former coaches uh, are suing the team. Former uh, office employees in in uh, uh, Administrative employees are fire are suing the Bidwell family, but the other two worst owners: number one, Clark Hunt of the Kansas City Chiefs; mm-hmm. number three was the Rooney family. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which that has not always been the the message. The Rooney family has always been a stabilizing force um, for that organization. They've made savvy moves, but this goes back to. You're just cheap, and guess guess which families have owned teams the longest. for a really damn mm-hmm. long time? Yeah. The Hunt the family, Bidwells, the, the Bidwells, yeah. and the Roonies. Yeah, I mean that's really what this is. Go go look at this, and it's all new, new ownership. The Broncos, new ownership. The Jaguars, new ownership. The Vikings, new ownership. The Dolphins, newer ownership. Like they they haven't this, these these they haven't been there for 50, 60, 80, multiple generations mm-hmm. through the team. I mean, even uh, the uh, the Falcons. I mean, uh, blank. Sold off. He's he's not the uh, sole proprietor anymore. He's got an ownership group now. Um, it, you just kind of go down the list, and that's kind of with well, the surprising one in here is the Benton family with the Saints. They're gonna they got a B plus. They have they spend money. They do. They, that's that. But that's the counter to this is that they spend money there and they don't do it on the other team they own the Pelicans. And here's like the top two teams in, in overall in all 11 categories that were great in the feedback that they got from the players was the Miami Dolphins were number one because they have state-of-the-art facilities now. Stephen Ross, and, and make no mistake, look, Stephen Ross is paying everybody on that roster. So, of course, they're happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they're going to be cutting a lot of guys, but they took this survey before all of these uh, cap casualties are happening. But also, the flip side of this is the team travel, the strength coaches, the weight room, the they're training staff, the training room. Into it. It's all A's. That's exactly what the Minnesota Vikings are doing as well. But they, there is that, that disconnect with Miami where do you trust them in the big one? Does Minnesota have the quarterback that can take them? Because the players love Kevin O'Connell. He was like ranked the second best coach in mm-hmm. the NFL by his own players. But you look at the top is, you go, huh, those are surprises. Miami and, and Minnesota being the best run organization. I just thought about this. One and two. The, the idea of th- those teams are too pampered. They're soft. They're soft. It, that, that, that's why the Chiefs uh, and the Patriots are winning. They, well, their cheapness is inspiring. It doesn't explain. Makes the you have to fight and claw for it. Los Angeles Chargers oh, because yeah. they're near the bottom. And the thing is, you have surprises at the top. The bottom ones, except for the Kansas City Chiefs, don't make sense. The 30th mm-hmm. um, best organization, according to the NFLPA's player survey, is the LA Chargers. Mm. Which. It, the, that, it, that family but, makes sense, but here's where it makes sense: is that their um, their treatment of families, which they've always been horrible yes. with that, in charging seventy five dollars for child care, uh, that would be one. But their food and cafeteria was terrible. Their locker room was uh, graded down. Their facilities and their their weight room, they're still in a temporary facility, training facility. Yeah. So what's happening is they're going to be opening up. All of the things that they were graded down on, they're opening up a new facility that will have a caf- permanent cafeteria, new permanent weight room, brand new locker room, and all of those day-to-day things. 
Those right are going to be changing, but right now it does suck. So there's a you you can explain that one away. Mm-hmm. The Washington Commanders, all, all of those things that I just mentioned mm-hmm. about the um, Chargers, that's what the Commanders' gripes are. They just got new ownership, where their ownership just jumped from an F to a B mm-hmm. uh, with Josh Harris. He's trying to find a new stadium, find a new permanent training facility, which means you you end up building a volley of their build all those things. It. The team that just doesn't make sense in any of it is 31st, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. They do the 31 out of 32, and they have zero excuses, cheap, and cheap, there's cheap, zero cheap, explanation cheap, 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 cheap. for it. And that doesn't like it just doesn't well, there's, compute. There's, there's an explanation. It doesn't it's compute cheap. because of the fact that why would you not pour money into your business that is printing money right now mm-hmm. for you and make it a better product because right now they just gave Legarius Sneed the green light to go and explore trade options because they said yesterday they're going to franchise tag him or uh, let him go find a trade partner mm-hmm. for this next year. Well, he's gotten the green light to go and find a trade partner if he wants to go So and doesn't want to play on the franchise tag, which means that decision between Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed... It's been made. It's been made, and it's Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a chink in the armor right there of the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you have all of the facilities, you have the great quarterback, you have the great head coach, that keeps guys coming back. And that keeps that It keeps can be the, the stabilizing dynasty. force against everything, all of the stupid. That's 100% correct. And that's what great leaders do, is that it's... I don't like drawing the military line all that often, but like when you've got a good commander, if you if you've got somebody who will help you in the midst of not just the chaos, but in the midst of the dumb. I mean, in the, in the military, ninety eight percent of it is dumb, You're dealing <laughs> with dumb all the time, and having great leadership that that you know that's the the old saying in the air force is you you get it when your rank goes up you eventually get to the point where your your chevrons are turned upside down and those are the s deflectors and you have the ability to take that on for your for your for your guys all right uh Jody Allen mm. Seattle Seahawks C plus C plus 23rd um, she receives a rating of 7.9 out of 10 from Seahawks players when considering her willingness to invest in the facilities. 23rd overall. Pete Carroll got an A. They fired him. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. The overall ranking for the Seahawks, 14th. Not too shit. Yeah. Middle of the league right there. Middle, that's in... it, exactly how they played this year. Yeah. And it's, Honestly, I think that's what you kind of want is you want... If you're investing in the team, you want them to do well. Yeah. Um... Their highest marks were in their food and cafeteria, the nutritionist and di- dietitian, and their locker room. So taking care of players. Taking care of the players in that regard. Their lowest ratings were in training staff. That seems to be a common thread. Mm. Uh, training room and ownership. Where they're, th- where they're three, and they were 27th, 23rd, and 23rd. That's surprising. I would have figured that they would have, the staff would have matched the facilities. The biggest complaint across every single team was the lack of training staff available for one-on-one work. That was the one common thread. And I'm sure it's the NFLPA saying, spend more money there. Yeah, they say, and that was the lowest grade for the Seahawks, was yeah. not enough quality trainers limiting players' ability for one-on-one treatment or injury recovery and prevention. All right, so there you go. That's your, your NFLPA report summary. Coming up next... Caleb Williams, open to going to the Bears. But first, he's the big kahuna with the Sports Center update. I hear they got some tasty burgers.
This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. There may not be a bigger story in the NFL draft than Caleb Williams right now. The will he, won't he go to Chicago? What is the mystery surrounding Caleb Williams? Not just will he, won't he go to Chicago, but just this vacuum that has created around Williams this past year at USC that was really filled by his father, who has been his business manager since he was a young teenager. There's some really interesting dynamics at play here. We know that his dad, Carl, who is a wealth manager in the D.C. area. Who's been essentially doing this. He's cultivated everything about Caleb Williams' career, image, marketing, personal coaching since he was 10 years old. He set out a plan when he was 10 years old for Caleb Williams to fulfill what he's doing right now. And to the credit of Carl and Caleb Williams, it's worked. He's going to be the number one pick. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. He absolutely, everything they've done at every turn has worked to this point. But remember last summer there was that GQ article where Carl was quoted as saying something along the lines of, I've been doing this since he was 12 or 10 years old. Now I'm just going to give up. I'm supposed to give up and, and just let the NFL run it now and was railing on the draft process. Mm-hmm. That is helicopter parent, red flag yes. city right there. It's not Todd Marinovich beating the hell out of his kid type no. stuff, but the, the business control and it's not, it's not wanting to take the money for himself. So it's just having control of Caleb's business. That article put a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths because that was where the whole, you know, he could always come back for another year mm-hmm. at USC. That's, where, that's he, where it came from. If the team didn't want to draft him. That wasn't from Caleb's mouth. No. That was from his father's mouth. Mm-hmm. And this is where we have two stories that are kind of conflicting everything that his dad has said. And they come from Caleb Williams himself. The Athletic has a piece up right now where they go into detail about how scouts have said that when they went and visited USC and they brought up the comments from the GQ article, like immediately after they happened, Caleb Williams was seemed surprised and genuinely surprised said, why would I say that? Who would say that? And they were like, well, your dad, (laughs) you know? And he was like, Oh, there's an ESPN article up right now that that was talking to Caleb Williams said, if I get drafted by the Bears, I'll be excited. If they trade the pick and I get drafted by someone else, I'll be just as excited. Speaking about Chicago, they have a talented team, talented offense and defense for anyone to be in that situation. I think they'd be excited. Caleb Williams has always said the right things almost at every turn, but it kind of seems like all of the smoke surrounding him is coming from his dad. Yes. And that is the problematic thing when you think of, okay, how far is this going to go when he gets drafted? Because you could sit there and say, oh, he'd go to Chicago. What a dysfunctional place. Like Washington is going to be better for him? Like like, The hope there being, of course, new ownership. Like New England with Gerard Mayo, who's a defensive-minded first-year head coach and a brand-new first-year general manager who's in place. who And an organization that, while stable... Notoriously cheap. Yes. Notoriously cheap. And the NFLPA chart that we just went through, the Patriots were one of the worst. And this is where you just go... (laughs) What is their what is their play going to be? Because are they going to try to like strong arm to get drafted by Dallas? That's not going to work. No. 
And if they did do that, they'd have to trade every single pick that they own in perpetuity yes. in order to get him, and then they'd suck. Like, would, would they be better with him over Dak? It, is hmm. that the route that they want to go? I, and this is where it's like, if Caleb Williams were just to be himself, I don't think there would be controversy no, about the number so one pick. It would be the he would be the slam dunk, and it's not being started by him. It's by the guy who's been cultivating this image in this life since he was 10 years old and living vicariously through him. And this thing, through the descriptions in the athletic piece, it sounds like he's he's done what's best for Caleb. Oh, yeah, he's hired the best coaches, made sure he was in the best schools and in the, the best programs it, every step of the way. It has not been a the helicopter parenting in the, in the sense of the... Um, the little league dad who's strangling the umpire. Well, and, and that's why I said, like, to their credit, they've been successful yes. in everything that they've and done. And that's the thing is that's that's where I think this is a little bit different. But also, it this image and these these thoughts and these ideas are penetrating front offices, and you have not just coaches, but general managers and owners who are going, "What are we getting into with him?" Yeah, because everything Caleb does is packaged. And you know, if you read through the athletic piece, they they try to get other people on record and they, they get people on record who are wanting to remain anonymous because they're with teams and they're at, they don't, they haven't been given the, uh, Oh yeah, okay they can't. To, yeah. But they've reached out to Carl Williams and Caleb Williams through Carl directly and Caleb through his PR firm, because Caleb has not signed an agent, Mm-mm. which I'm always leery of that because thinking, you know, better than a power agent, you don't, with your first contract being slotted, number one pick being slotted, mm-hmm. but there's still I mean there you are have certain time things to that, work through it and and work it out and have a legal representative. But I always I always worry about that stuff because that's why those guys get the seven percent because they they do things that you oh, don't sure. know how to do. Even if you're a very successful wealth fund manager, like there it's they are different worlds. So I'm I raise an eyebrow at that stuff. Yeah. Because and GMs do too. Like, oh, you think you know how to do this better? Like, this is a different world, dude. You don't know football better. You don't know how this works better. This is what we do. And I think that's where a lot of the disconnect is coming from. Is 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 this Caleb doing this, or is this, or does is is it just his dad? Because if if Caleb thinks he knows better, that's a problem. You know what I mean? Like that's that's not that's not being open to being coached that's not open to you know going somewhere and not being open to being developed then you start having all those problematic check marks well, and you start going down the board like, yeah, and I don't the, think that he's that guy and I I honestly think one of the biggest red flags that we've seen is not been the GQ article or the bears thing that w- was um kind of floated out there it was the bears comment that Colin Cowherd had mm-hmm. because we all know where Colin got it from. It was it's from it was, Carl. It was from Carl, and he called it Caleb's camp. Yeah. Did not want to go to Chicago, and then immediately had to backtrack it because he said I had talked to people in in Caleb Williams' camp who said he did not want to go and play for the Chicago Bears, and then immediately the next day was like, uh oh, because the NFL ain't gonna play nice. They don't like that. They do not like that. They, they don't. They don't want the Eli Manning, and then they don't want one of their oldest families in one of their biggest cities. Look, it's one thing to do it in San Diego. And I think one of the things <laughs> Can't do it in Chicago. that uh, the, is going to be the question that starts popping up 
and it's completely unfair to Caleb Williams because he has never alluded to anything else, but this is where the conversation will go. Who cares more about Caleb Williams' NFL future, Caleb or his father? Yeah. And that that's completely unfair to Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. That will be a, a being narrative asked. being absolutely hammered over the next two months. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting discussion, especially with, with uh, Caleb Williams showing up at the Combine today and, and doing interviews with teams and what those interviews get leaked out as. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll get more on that tomorrow. All right, coming up next, we'll put a nice little bow on today's show before we hand you off to Isaac and Suit. Come up here next on Danny and Dusty, Tenny the Fan. on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Well, it was on this date in 1989, 35 years ago, the television show Coach debuted. Yes! Ran 200 episodes over nine seasons, the last episode airing May 14th, 1997. Look at that. Uh, The last couple seasons were really bad. The Orlando Breakers. I didn't remember them adopting a kid. Yes, They had had to spice it up a little bit. That happened, Uh, but... They had so many memorable episodes and great storylines about just having, first of all, three coaches on a college football team is wild. You had Hayden Fox, <laughs> right. Luther Van Dam, mm. and Dauber. And it was like, that that's all they had. And they yeah. also had like nine players on their team, which was fantastic. Offense, yeah. defense, special teams. But that's the Minnesota State Screaming Eagles... Mm. They they were electric, and yeah. we all knew it. Howard was a was a putz. That guy was an, a, a damn idiot running the university and the athletic department. But you know what? You respected Howard. It was a precursor to the Pac-12. You, pre- yeah, it really was. It really was. I love that show so much. Why don't we have any more shows rooted in sports? I I don't know. That's like, a great question. Like there's this no, is the thing. Ted Lasso was a absolute banger, and no, yet it was phenomenal. What, what, what? I'm asking for more copies, Hollywood. But sports are the only program that people watch. People mm-hmm. obviously love sports. Give me more sitcoms that are sports related. Hell, even Dan Connor, formerly playing for the Bears in Roseanne. Yes, right? <laughs> you know, just give me something tangential. Give, give me some Blue you know, Mountain State, man. You can, yeah, that was a show that I watched a couple episodes yeah. of Friday Night Lights. Smashing success. Tremendous four, stuff. Four touchdowns, one game. Al, Al friggin' Bundy, Bundy, who you have a, a Polk High 33 jersey that mm. you jersey you wear. I remember standing in line at a concession stand at a hops game, and the guy behind the bar, he goes, Hey, Al Bundy, what, I can, what can I get you? <laughs> I love I like it. it. But give me more sports shows. I'm, I'm all for it. Yes. And that show was brilliant. They talked about rebooting it a handful of years ago, mm. and it, it would have... It would have worked. With Nelson. Ten. Speaking of reboots, they're redoing the Naked Gun. Oh, who? Liam Neeson. But uh, Seth MacFarlane is going to be producing, and I forgot who the director is. But can, it's another like. Can Liam Neeson be that good dumb and funny? Mm. I don't know. We'll see. Well, you know I mean, what? Well, you know ne- what? Uh, no, Ted. no. Leslie Nielsen was before. He was like a. He was a serious actor a before. Th- theatrical actor. But also remember, Liam Neeson did Ted Two. With the yeah. the tricks, yeah. I've been led. I've been led to believe this cereal is just for kids. That's what I bet you. That's where that bit came. Like where he gets picked for this with Seth MacFarlane. Hmm. All right, I like that. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm leaning into it now. Well, up next, you got four hours of power. Their mouth to your ears is prime time with Isaac and Souk. Have a great Wednesday. We'll see you Thursday from noon to three right here 
on 1080 The Fan. If you missed any of today's show, mm. check it out on the podcast, Odyssey and 1080thefan.com. Good hour with uh, Ian Carmel in studio. Especially the part with Kansas and BYU. Bye.